Welcome to the Arms Race, the podcast where we try and determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keen, and today we're discussing Rambo, colon, Last Blood, the fifth one. Released by Lionsgate on September 20th, 2019, starring Sylvester Stallone, Paz Vega, Sergio Peri Mancheta, Adriana Barraza, Yvette Monreal, Jeannie Kim, a.k.a. Yina Han... I don't know why there's two credits there. Joaquim Cosio and Oscar Yaneda. You did a much better job than I would have. Who knows if I did or I didn't. I have no idea. Uh, Screenplay by Michael Cyrulnik. See, that's probably the toughest one. Some kind of (laughs) Eastern European name. Cyrulnik. Cyrulnik. And Sylvester Stallone. Based on the character. Created by David Morrell. Directed by Adrian Grunberg. All right, so Rambo Last Blood. It was this much like I, I still haven't gotten to Creed 2, even though Creed 3 is upon us. Yes, it is. I, this is my, my first time. Uh, how many times? Just one or how many for you? This is the second time I've seen second it. Time. I saw it in theaters, and uh, you know I, I bought it on Blu-ray in preparation, just knowing. I was like, ah, I, I want to own that, but I never watched it until now. Oh, so this this was just your second time. Just my second viewing. Interesting. I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts were. I mean, I, I was tempted to make the exact same joke I made on Rambo 4, where it was like, remember when there was a Saturday morning cartoon? <laughs> this one, even more so. Unfortunately, with our hiatus and everything, my memory of the Rambo movies isn't as great as it should be, but you did just jog my memory with, remember the cartoon? I, I do remember, I guess, Rambo 4, which was... Was there any... Subtitle for that one? It's just called Rambo, which it's is why I was Rambo. I call it Rambo colon the fourth one. <laughs> this was that was one. pretty dour. This I don't know if this was as dour, but really cer- no. But hold on, but certainly more brutal. Okay, but I with I mean I guess I see what you mean. Yes, yes. I just like the I don't know. I it it's a rough movie, I guess, in multiple ways. But and maybe I just don't remember the fourth one that that well. But this just had an element of like. I don't know, slasher movie to it, like the last third that I don't remember in any of the other ones, including the fourth one. Yeah, well, I think the difference is in the, in the fourth one, the brutality was much more impersonal. It was all there, but it was, there was really nobody there that Rambo even cared about. And even if, you know, there was that one woman who he kind of made a connection with and, you know, they're on the rescue mission. That's right. Right. But other than that, it's all very kind of impersonal. It's just the enemy is, is being killed or whatever. Um, you know, there are like atrocities shown, but like by that government up to innocent people, but they're all strange, you know, they're all, they're all people we don't know as characters right. as this, this movie is obviously the, you know, very different from that. And it's really leaning into that. I mean, really the difference is Rambo four is very much, it's, it's the opposite arc, right? Where Rambo four is like, it starts with Rambo just being kind of hopeless and living a life as a snake wrangler and not really having any direction in life. And learning to care about something again. And at the end of Rambo 4, he comes home. He, it's the last scene is him walking up to the family farm. And But, you know, that movie's about him rediscovering hope. And then this movie is his hope being crushed and just the exact opposite. So I think that's really the difference and why this one feels so much more, to me, it feels way more brutal and more, you know, it's obviously intended to be devastating. And we'll talk about that. And I, I'm not sure. I, I, th- I think it was a mistake to take it to this extreme. Uh, I understand why, because they wanted to make it a really personal story, you know, and have, have Rambo have this kind of surrogate family that ends up being destroyed. But, um, 
it tries to have its cake and eat it too in a way that I don't think works. Yeah, and so the only thing that I really remember about I remember the trailer for for this movie. Sure, <laughs> Old Town Road, right? Was it? <laughs> it had like a remix of Old Town Maybe Road. Maybe it was. So, uh, but so from the the vibe that I got from the trailer, I and I, I think actually in my Rocky rating is probably where I have this as my note. I was going in this expecting Logan. This while it might have had some of the certain you know graphic violent elements that Logan had it it's I was expecting more of a story like you know it's the actor doing this for the last time right I was expecting an arc like that and some story like that I learned I, I figured out pretty quickly this was not going to be Logan <laughs> in any way shape or form I think there were certain aspirations in that direction though but I it, think it didn't execute I it 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 definitely is not that. No, and and I think a lot of that is Stallone being Stallone. I think he, we've talked about, or I've talked about how I've, I've, you see these trends in his career where his ego starts to take over and starts to kind of control his decisions in a lot of ways, especially when he's writing the movies or co-writing in this case. We'll talk about the ending and how how to, we're supposed to take that ending. I don't necessarily know how we're supposed to take the ending. There's no ambiguity at the end of Logan. No, that <laughs> there's this? no ambiguity at the end of Logan, and I mean the the thing there, right? Is it is, and for some reason, maybe it maybe it was Logan that had Johnny Cash. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was Old Town Road. A- anyway, the, that's the vibe that I got. But that was very much like right somebody that is at like the end of the road and trying to get some level of I don't even know if it's redemption, but you know reconciliation with like who he is. <laughs> no, in Logan. But, yeah, yeah. And I don't think. <laughs> no, it's the opposite. And, and so maybe that was my mistake, just, you know, because a trailer isn't always reflective of the movie. Sometimes they're a lot better than what you thought. Sometimes they're completely different. So that might just be my misinterpretation. But I think it did influence my view on the movie because that's what I was expecting and actually kind of hoping for in a way. I think that's a fair expectation. I think the movie and in particular that trailer was trying to draw those comparisons. I And, and the style of this movie is very different from the other ones. I mean, yeah. four was a big departure and this is sort of even farther in the trajectory, but even still, um, you know, the first act of this movie is very kind of down to earth drama yeah. is really not a lot of like quote unquote Rambo to anything. No, really. not at all. And then, you know, the third act is Rambo, 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 like to the extreme. So the, I, I think, you know, a lot of movies have third act problems. This movie has a second act problem. Like it, to go from a to Z, the way this movie is trying to do <laughs> It can't get there, and you know, look, this movie is eighty minutes long. I was gonna say it's they're they're very compartmentalized. They're basically <laughs> thirty minute yes acts yes, and so it's just not enough time to get from where it starts to where it ends. You know, when I first saw this movie, when I was in the theaters, and there's a moment about two thirds of the way through, it's like basically the end of the second act, and how a, a thing that Rambo does, I was shocked by. We'll get to it, but I was just like. Oh, this is he's crossing a line as a character and going into like a world of darkness that we've never seen. This is a character that's lived in the darkness basically this whole series. And it's just like, oh, he's gone into the furthest possible depths. And I'm going, oh, this will be interesting to see. Like, this is basically a, a character deciding to let his worst impulses basically embrace them in the interest of revenge. And I thought, oh, it, it, this will be interesting to see like the toll it takes on him. And this will be a movie exploring like all these years of just killing and being this, he's been shaped into this weapon and that's all he knows how to do really. And now the one thing that he had good has been taken away. And now 
I'm like, oh, this will be really interesting to explore this. And then the movie doesn't explore it at all. It's just like, well, let's just have an action movie ending. It's just nothing matches. I think that last action sequence in another movie that actually built to that properly would have been great. I think in an in isolation, that last action sequence, I think is actually really, I like it a lot. But it doesn't work. You know, it just doesn't, I mean, we'll get into it, I guess, yeah. when we talk about the big picture. But just tonally, I'm not ready for a rousing, let's go get an action sequence after what happens in the second act of this movie. Oh, without a doubt. And also, the I, I think even, I think I don't like the action sequence as much as you, but it's mostly because I'll I'll say it so many times, I'll just get get it out there right, right at the start here. It's tough when it feels like, it has the tone that's outrageously graphic violence yeah. mixed in with Rambo becomes Kevin McAllister, and it's just very <laughs> difficult for me to reconcile well, Kevin McAllister and John Rambo. <laughs> at least it's it's almost entirely in the tunnels. Like it's not in his house, really. I mean, it, 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 but, the movie sets up he's dug these tunnels. We'll get into it, but it, you know, it's if it was in the home, I would agree. Like the Skyfall is like that too, or it's just like, yes. <laughs> You know, this this like iconic character You're right. being Kevin, Kevin McAllister. Kevin McAllister is rearing his ugly head. Many, well, I yeah. shouldn't say ugly. Many places. <laughs> wow. I, I actually don't mean that. I, I actually I really enjoy Home Alone. I, I actually think I enjoy it now more now as an adult with you know kids yeah. than I than I did at the time. I haven't it seen just, it in a while. It's um, I actually now pretty much see it every Christmas. Um, it it was just it was jarring. So I, I think tonally it didn't. Those two things really didn't mesh for me, and that was I think what my biggest problem with the third act was. But I also agree with you that where it leaves in the second act, that's not where it should go. And no. I mean, what's funny is that in a way, and I, I probably keep making the comparisons because in my head that's what it was going to be. You do have this huge action sequence right at the end of Logan, but there is a payoff now. It's a little bit of a cheat, right? Because he gets to fight himself, basically, in you know his own inner darkness because it's a superhero movie. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that like this movie couldn't have had something similar, and I think that's what's missing. It has all it. It feels like you just plopped in something that would have been in like Rambo two or Rambo three, in a movie that does not have that feeling at all. Yeah, I mean the 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 villains are weak, and we'll get into that also. Yeah. But I think could have. Yeah, he. I agree. He needed to fight, be fighting against a villain who essentially represents himself, him, who he, or the darkness. Yeah, the dark, like the 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 version of himself. It isn't trying to keep a lid on it, as he as he says. Right. I think we're pretty much in agreement. Even though I I can enjoy the individual pieces, not so much the middle of the movie. I don't enjoy that at all. And you know, I and you were talking about kind of the violence, and, it, and this movie does feel exploitive in in a lot of ways. I mean, the violence, but also you know, the kind of this sex trafficking, human trafficking plot, you know, obviously it's, it's trying to portray the horrors of it in the same way that the fourth one was trying to portray the horrors of uh, the regime in Burma. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's trying to shine a light on an issue and in the interest of trying to, you know, not pull punches on how horrible it, and you know, look, it is, it's a horrible thing yeah. that it, it does happen, but you can communicate in a way that doesn't feel this exploitive. It, just, it kind of just feels like the movie's kind of, you know, I don't know how to how to phrase it, but you know, it's just kind of like it's a little too gleeful about showing some of that stuff. I, I can I can understand that. I I do I think the intention, not that I was writing or directing, but I do think the intention was the more was not to be gleeful, but to show the brutality. Yeah, gleeful's the wrong word. But, but I, I I do understand what you're saying is that it it feels like maybe there are some scenes you 
you could have gotten the point across in less time. Maybe maybe that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Or just, just yeah, it was just too much of it. Right. Not even so much time. It's just it's too it's just very intense and it's hard to Yeah, that's what I that's what I mean by too much time. Accumulates, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anyway, but I mean, I, I think we've—I I think we're pretty much yeah. on the same page in this movie. I I, it's so. prob- this might be a short episode because this I movie's eighty minutes long. It's eighty minutes long, and yeah, it's I, not a lot of fun stuff to talk about. There's not, and my notes, there, you know, the technology. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm not going <laughs> okay. we are not going to have. So, man, I hope you did the silk goes our corner. But let's uh, let's get into the history. You ready? I'm ready. I have bad news for you Uh-oh. about the silk goes our. I I thought the soundboard still didn't work. Uh, no. Please, so- do you have a case? Um, oh, no, I forgot to add it. <laughs> you still don't have a case. I can add it after the fact. You, you, we just won't hear it. It's fine. Go all ahead. right, let's get started. What day is it? What year? Uh, all right. Uh, it is September. Uh, Kyle Reese, it is September 20th, two, not, 2019. So we haven't gone back in time that far. Um, Luckily, this thing got out before COVID. Uh, I can't even imagine. Just just in the nick of time. Yeah. That is for sure. It's probably actually already making its way through other parts of the world, not here in the States. So a very, very, very stark difference here in the Rotten Tomatoes critic and audience score. Yeah. Uh, 26% uh, on the critics. Wow. I, I, so I'm surprised it's that low. I don't necessarily disagree. I don't think I'd go that low, but I mean, I, it's, I, I'm surprised how low that is. I don't either, but I, I suspect, and I don't want to necessarily spend too much time in it. Yeah. Okay. I, I suspect the politics involved yeah. is driving that because on the flip side, you are so 20 and it's stark. This may be the biggest Delta we've had. You you keep all the spreadsheets. I should like pull my weight and have a spreadsheet for this. What do you think the audience score is? It's a, it's a big well, it's Delta. Obviously. Yeah. It's 76%. 81. Wow. Huge Delta. Now yeah. what's funny is I don't agree with either one of those. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely. probably closer to like maybe the Fifty to sixty percent mm-hmm. is probably where I, I would fall on this. It's movie. so exhausting. It's just, I, I don't think this happened that strongly to this movie, but you know there was a certain element of just like people are fighting the culture wars on the internet. We got to upvote it, or we got to you know download it or whatever. Yes. Uh, I agree. I don't want to spend a lot of time in it, and I, I do think that I said it on the, at the end of last episode. Like I'm glad we can view it from a certain amount of distance because really what it comes down to when I when I look at it now, there's really not that much. I mean it's it's dealing with the border, yeah, you know, the Mexico I, border, so that's inherently political, but it's not, you know, it was just being accused of just being like this, like, piece of pro-Trump propaganda. Canada, I don't yeah. think it's that. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, I don't think it's apolitical, but I do think, I don't think it's as, you know, trying to make as strong a point as people accused it of being at the and, time. It just got caught up in the culture wars. And, and so. I would I would tend to agree with you, because going into it, knowing that, the time that it came out, et cetera, and a little bit of the topic, although I will admit in one of my only notes, I don't want to use it yet, I was completely faked out because I thought immediately, I'm like, all right, I know what the plot of this movie has to be, and I can tell you, I did not assume human trafficking. Oh, interesting. Uh, curious to- to hear totally what... faked out there. But so I went into it expecting that, and when you know putting together the, the notes and the, the audience scores, and I'm like, all right, this was obviously polarizing, so there must, when I watched it, I said... No, I, I think people were looking for something on both sides to, to rally. I, I I don't see it. Yeah. That doesn't make, I don't think that changes my view of the movie. It probably still falls in like the 50 to 60 because I don't think it's a great movie. It's not a terrible movie. It's certainly not my favorite Rambo. I'll, I'll still, you know, Rambo with a bow and arrow taking down a chopper. I don't think you can possibly, <laughs> actually not a bow and arrow in that, but with yeah. a, uh, 
surface to air missile. Um, no, he took out a chopper with a bow and arrow. Was it a bow and arrow? In the third one, yeah. In the third one. Third one, that's right. Yes. Remember, we were talking about how does the pilot, he reacts <laughs> like, right. oh my God, an arrow. <laughs> that's right. He reacts like he knows he's in danger. Because, how does he know? Because it's John Rambo with a bow and arrow. Right. That's how yeah, exactly. All right. So, very stark difference there on the scores um, on Rotten Tomatoes. So, this had a $50 million budget. Total box office, just over about $91.5 million, almost a dead even split between de- domestic and international. A uh, little bit more international, $44.8 million domestic, $46.7, we'll call it, and international according to Box Office Mojo. Continues to surprise me how popular Rambo is internationally, like I, more popular than in America. I was very surprised by that, too. And I also kind of, I thought this was a pretty big failure. Um, it, box office wise, and so I was surprised by that too. I mean, that's it, that that budget. I don't think includes the marketing budget, so I'm not sure it actually made money when you factor in whatever they probably had to spend on marketing. Yeah, no, that's not a good uh, percent. That's not. I mean, barely doubling your money. You're not. You're not. You're probably not covering. No, but that that said, I thought this was you know be, be, maybe because I had assumed it was panned that it didn't do well box office wise. I was surprised by that. Yeah. It did not open number one at the box office, uh, September 2019. Number There are three movies that opened same week, all top three. Rambo came in third. Number one was Downton Abbey, the movie, with $31 million. Those are counter-programming right there. <laughs> There's no overlap in the audiences there. It's safe, that, to, it's safe to open this against Rambo. That Venn diagram are two <laughs> circles on different sheets of paper. <laughs> Uh, number two, you may know this one. I, Ad Astra? I, yeah. Astra? It's a I, science fiction movie, Brad Pitt. Okay. I, I saw it and did not care for it, but a lot of people like it, and I kind of I get it. It's it's basically Apocalypse Now, but in space. <laughs> and it's not an exaggeration. Okay. I, I remember a lot of the ads where there was... They actually... It's like they try to make it like an action, kind of a war movie, but they also try to keep the science good. So like, there's all kinds of like gunfights on the moon they're in like moon buggies and they're shooting guns but like there's it's silent so you can't hear and they try to be they, technically accurate yeah but, and yeah. so it's kind of like it's like a cross between gravity and uh, apocalypse got it it's not terrible it's you know i i it's i did not like it but i see the i saw the appeal of it what finished just ahead of rambo last blood just over 19 million dollars rambo last blood was 18.872 all right number four was um in its, I guess, third week, it chapter two at just over seventeen million. I have not seen either of the new renditions of it. I have not either. Uh, not, not really my cup of tea. Although, based on some of the <laughs> violence or the gore in this movie, maybe the maybe there was some overlap from Rambo to uh, it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's all that gory. I mean, I remember yeah, maybe, I haven't yeah. seen the the TV movie in forever, but I, I mean, it was a TV movie. TV so, movie, so yeah, yeah who could, whatever. Who could say? All right, now, number five, Hustlers, which I have seen. Um, Jennifer Lopez, uh, a couple others. Oh, is that the heist movie? No, that is Widows, which is Widows. awesome. Yes, I saw Widows that. is awesome. I, you recommended that to me, and I loved it. I Hustlers, didn't even buy that in Blu-ray. Not, it, it was okay. It was, it, was, it was just okay. Widows is awesome. That I, is a great heist movie. I could not recommend it more. Uh, so Hustler's $16.8 million. Uh, The live action Lion King is number six with... This is a... I almost wonder if my notes are right because we go from 16.8 to 2.6 oh. million. That's a huge drop-off. That's not normal. This And I take... I, yeah, this is in its 10th week. 
Uh, man, five hundred thirty-seven million dollars. Lion King did very well. Apparently, no, no, I think all those like live-action remakes. I mean, they keep making them, so they must be doing well. They must be doing something right. Number seven. I don't. Re- I don't recognize this one. Good Boys. Do you recognize that one? No. no. All right. Uh, two point five million. I do recognize this one. I don't know why there's so many of these. Angel has fallen. I don't know. I liked the first one. I haven't seen the sequels. There's at least two sequels. I think this is the third That's or fourth the third movie. One. Yeah. It was, there was, uh, well, that might be the fourth one. Because it was White, White House has fallen or no. What's the first one called? There's White House Down. White House Down, that's Jamie Foxx. Is, Olymp- so that, is Olympus Has Fallen the first one? I, yes, I think Olympus Has Fallen. Then there's London the Has Fallen. London Has Fallen. I thought there was another one too, and that would make this the fourth, but I don't know. Angel Has Fallen. I just remember the trailer, and it might have been on one of the movies we recently watched. It was attached to the DVD I had. Drones! A drone! That's all <laughs> I remember from the trailer of that movie. I mean, they're dumb. Like, they're modern, kind of diehardy kind of things. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think a lot of modern movies, they, they try to make it so, like, action-packed and overblown that it, it, they miss the point of a diehard, which is yeah. that it's... You know, you kind of want the guy sneaking around and yes. having having the downbeats of you know a character real moments, yeah, yeah, character moments that you know the moments between him and Powell down on the street, yeah. even between him and Hans, you need those. That's that's all the stuff that these modern skyscraper skyscraper was like that too. Just like hey, t- take a breath for a second, <laughs> skyscraper, which is literally Die Hard. Yeah, can't do Die Hard right. I don't know for what it is. I remember liking the first one, but okay. I, don't, I don't. I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Uh, well, I, all I can tell you terrorists about terrorists take over the White House. I, that's all I know. <laughs> all I can tell you about this one is Morgan Freeman's the president. They're out fishing, and there's drones. That's all I know. When was the first movie? How many terms is Morgan Freeman? <laughs> <laughs> that first movie must have been like twelve years ago. Maybe this is in the same universe as Watchmen, and <laughs> maybe he pulled it like three or four terms. Or he's he's just an ex-president, and the terrorists are just like he keeps getting away. We're not giving up. We he doesn't do you any good anymore. He's not president anymore. We don't care. I don't care. We- <laughs> he only has it's like, like a Jeremy Irons and Hans Gruber's brother, and they're just mad. <laughs> right, so yeah. they're going to get revenge. I know he's still got a detail from the Secret Service, so I'm getting revenge. <laughs> right, the reduced detail now. Just like oh, this, this isn't fair. <laughs> this will be a pushover. <laughs> right. Uh, number nine movie. I don't know this one. Maybe oh man, it looks like a small, a firm film. So this has got to be a small picture overcomer. I don't know that one. No clue. Uh, number ten. We do know. I was so disappointed in this movie. I so badly wanted to like it. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, uh, I still haven't seen the whole thing. I got really? like a half hour in. I went like, wow. I'm bored. I'm not going to watch the rest of this. Well, I paid for a ticket. And was in theaters, so I saw it through. I seriously that. That was one of the biggest like movies that I was really excited about. You know, love, but even the just the not like I like Statham and The Rock, but in particular, like those two characters are part of the reason why. Like I don't like yeah. all of their stuff, and man, was it just a downer. Well, what's funny is uh, the Fate of the Furious, which is one of my least favorite. Fast and Furious movies, the highlight of that movie is the scene of the two of them breaking out of prison. It's like the best scene, one of the best scenes in the entire series, one of my favorite anyway, where they're like competing and trying to get out and uh, The Rock's trying to get Statham and Statham's just like flipping through the thing. It's great. It's like, oh, oh, just make the whole movie this Hobbs and Shaw. I was so, because that came right out after eight, right? I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and they had a And they had a moment like that, I think, in, in Hobbs. It just, it wasn't the same. Yeah, how did they screw it up? Just make a whole movie like that. I mean, obviously, not the whole movie. Right, you have to have some plot. Like we were just saying. 
All right, so on the TV ratings front, uh, I have 18-19. I didn't do 19-20. I can't remember why. Uh, anyway, it's not going to be that much different. Guess what? Sunday Night Football is number one. Actually, surprisingly, there's more CBS stuff, dramas in here than I, th- I would have guessed. The Bing Bang Theory is number two. NCIS is number three. Thursday Night Football, of course, is number four. Tied with Young Sheldon, so spinoffs from The Big Bang can do okay. I had no idea Young Sheldon was that popular. I maybe this might have been its first season, so maybe it, you know, it was just drawn still from the wake of The Big Bang Theory still being on. Uh number 6, This Is Us, uh which is probably pretty early in its run. I don't know if it's still on the air. Uh number 7, Blue Buds, tied with FBI. So that's what I'm saying there's actually a lot of scripted drama in here. Yeah. Uh number 9 tied for ninth is The Good Doctor and Manifest. And then 10 is Chicago Fire and America's Got Talent, The Champions. So actually, they're, they're, that's a surprising change from what most of the, call it mid-2000s to like probably this year. It's almost always either sports or reality TV. I think it started to shift in like 14, 15, 16 around then. Like it, it's been a gradual like receding of the wave, you know, like it's... it's it's a, a renaissance, maybe, of yeah. some scripted scripted shows. Yeah, I mean, good riddance to the all the reality shows, but that the same the same point. All of those scripted shows are very formulaic, <laughs> I I, and I, not in the way that I enjoy the you know um, the formulaic eighties you know murder she wrote. All of those that formula. I actually wish there was that formula again. I the only thing I because I have been in the room while Chicago Fire is on. I don't watch it, but someone else in this house does, and. Um, all, the only enjoyment I get is this one character, and he's clearly not from Chicago, but he's putting on the fake of Chicago accent. <laughs> Look out, there's a fire over there. He's just, every time he's on screen, he's like, it's my favorite guy. <laughs> Everyone else, most of the other actors are just like talking in a general right. American accent. They're not trying to put on an accent. It, this is a guy, he was in um, he was in uh, um, Sex and the City as one of their boyfriends. Oh, wow. Um, I, I recognize him from that. So I knew he wasn't his real accent. I mean, it's yeah. clear it's not his real accent. But even still, I was just like, I know that you're faking this, and you're faking it very bad. Not very well. And look, not, we're not necessarily from Chicago, and we I, I don't think... I, you know, I, I sometimes hear myself speak. And I'll be editing a podcast and be like, oh, the Chicago's coming out a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I don't think I, either of us have a thick Chicago accent. So it's not like I'm like fighting for like get the accent right. Like, no. But still, it's just laughable to me. It, it is. It, the, it's still the two things that annoy me most is not being able to get the geography right You know, on iconic cities. And obviously, the one that I'm going to notice the most is the one I'm from yeah. or at least you know grew up outside of. And things like that that are attempting to be, it's like either do it right or, you know, I have no problem not doing it at all. Yeah, don't do the accent. Don't try and do something in between. And to that, to your, there are only a few things that every, that I have not, not that I'm like trying to put them away or, you know, I'm embarrassed, but there are only like a few things because whatever, you know, my, I'm sure your, your, you know, parents grew up probably not that far from like my, my mom grew up. Market Park area. There are definitely some South Side. Th- She's got it more than me because you know moved to the suburbs and there was less you know kind of surrounding. But there are still a few things. Alls I know is something I can't <laughs> get rid of. Yeah. And it, it, when it comes out, I'm like, yep. I just if there's anybody in this airport, they know probably if they have any idea of dialects, they probably know that I am a somewhat South Side kid of Chicago. Uh, so alls I know, and there's one other one that every time I'm like, I I can't. I just it it flows out, and 
I wish I could remember the word every time I'm editing a podcast and I say a particular word. It's not something that's just common, but just, yeah. you know, every, once every three or four episodes, I'll hear me, myself say this word and be like, oh my God, I am from the Chicago area. <laughs> but it's just like one or two words right here. For me. I, I wish I could remember the word. Um, but anyway, yeah, Chicago Fire has the geography problem too, where you kind of go like, what, where is the precinct? What, what, what part of the city are they? Cause they're just everywhere. They're all over the, <laughs> but whatever. They're, they're looking for interesting locations. They want to, you know, I guess, a neighborhood where they can see the skyline or whatever. It's like, that they're, this, this firehouse is on the north side, from the south side. It's in the loop. It's teleporting it's, it's, all over the city. Everywhere. All right. So the, uh, S and P 500 is just under 3000 at 2982.16. That was a good level in September of 2019 because in a few months, oh, it wouldn't look so good anymore. Sure, yeah. Uh, well, things snapped back relatively much more quickly actually, than people feared. Anyway. Yes, rel- relatively quickly, that is for sure. Uh, all right, so September 1st. What's funny is this history, is it, it, it's we've done a couple of these. I'm like, man, this wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I, it feels like an eternity ago, and it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. September 1st, Hurricane Dorian makes landfall uh, on the Bahamas as the strongest hurricane ever recorded in the Atlantic Basin outside the Caribbean and Gulf of Mexico with suspend, uh, excuse me, sustained wind speeds of 184 miles per hour. 43 deaths are reported. September 7th, President Trump announces he called off planned Camp David peace talks with the Taliban after they claimed responsibility for the September 5th uh, Kabul bombings, which killed a United States soldier. Here's one of the things that it feels like an eternity ago, but it's not that long ago. September 13th, actress Felicity Huffman is sentenced to 14 days in prison, a fine of $30,000 and 250 hours of community service for her involvement in the college admissions scandal. I didn't know she did any time. I thought it was mostly full house lady. Uh, <laughs> What's her name? What's Aunt Becky? Yes. It's, it's Lori Laughlin, but right, I yeah. think to everybody in the world is Aunt Becky. I couldn't even get that far. I just full house lady. What's funny, though, is that's close enough. Yeah, you knew who I meant. Yes. She was the face of that scandal, for sure. Without a doubt. Uh, September 15th, a drug company Purdue Pharma files for bankruptcy in response to lawsuits related to the opioid epidemic. Uh, and this just because I always find a business story. September 23rd, one of the largest and oldest travel firms, Thomas Cook, which I think is only in Europe and the UK. I'm not sure we uh, had, you know, it was a travel agency, whatever. I'm not familiar with it. Goes bankrupt as last-minute rescue negotiations fail, stranding 600,000 tourists worldwide. Oh, what? Yeah. Don't you have a ticket? Like, you can't redeem the, the, I, the airplane ticket? I, well, I think, you know, some of it, like, people might have been on cruises and, you know, just different legs and things. Oh, that yeah, yeah. So I've never traveled through an agency. Actually, that's not, well, we, we had, like, a travel broker when we went to Hawaii, but that wasn't a travel agency. Like, we still bought our own tickets. It was more like planning, like, here's, yeah, here's what you should here's do. Here's a ticket you should buy. Yeah. All right, uh, on the book front, this was a perfect book for the movie we're doing, Vendetta in Death by J.D. Robb. I have no <laughs> idea what it's about, but sure. It feels like a Rambo movie or a Rambo book. That's for Vendetta sure. and Death, colon, a Rambo story. Yes. Might as well be. Uh, and the Billboard 100, Truth Hurts by Lizzo. And that's that what was going on in and around September of 2019. Okay. I, mean, right. I agree. It feels like forever ago. So right. Let's move on to the big picture. All right. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. It's only a matter of time before I click the wrong button. <laughs> I'd miss the tablet altogether. Because now that I'm clicking a tablet instead of clicking a mouse, yes. it's only a matter of time. All right, the big picture. This is the segment of the show where we discuss the plot of the movie. 
Yep. You got should, your, uh, should I? I'll lead it off with my attempt to try and do an IMDb summary in three sentences or less. Please bum us out with your summary. Every once in a while, I have to go to four. This one I got three, but they're long sentences. All right, it's a short <laughs> movie, so don't worry about it. Actually, yes, this actually might be really, really wordy for an hour and a half movie, yeah. uh, eighty minute movie. All right, John Rambo has settled down in Arizona and has been training horses with a surrogate family. His surrogate daughter seeks her father, birth father in Mexico and is brutally victimized through human trafficking. Rambo seeks revenge on the Mexican cartel and eventually gets revenge in a way that would make Kevin McAllister proud. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't quite cover that she dies. Giselle, her, his surrogate yes. daughter dies, which is the, the thing I have the biggest contention with. Well, let's get to it. I mean, I, this this segment where we talk about the story in the big picture, it's just like yeah, that that is. There's not much more going on. No. And what's funny is, so I think I've discussed on the show. I know I've discussed it with you, if not on the show, and certainly others. I mean, the part of my love affair with the first John Wick is I just how simple the plot of that first John Wick movie is. Yeah, that it just says you know we need to have the basis and a construct, but this is going to be you know a violent ballet. But we need to have a really simple plot I, because it's still, it amazes me that it's a great story in and all of that. That said, this movie has as simple of a plot, maybe a little more complex, but not much more, but it is not nearly as enjoyable of a story. But I wonder how much John Wick was an influence in this movie if they were just like, oh yeah, John Wick, revenge, let's do a thing, a thing like that with Rambo. The thing that John Wick is was incredibly smart about is it's a revenge story. But he's it's it's like it's indirect because he's really grieving about his wife yep. who died of an illness, and the wife gives him the dog, and then these bad guys kill the dog, and you know people always joke about like oh John Wick you know they killed his dog like like it's like some kind of joke, but no, it's like well the the emotional part of it is that this was like the last thing that he got from his wife, right. the last thing left of his wife, but because we never meet the wife because she's dead before the story even starts. As an audience, we're kept at arm's length from like that trauma, and because if we had met her and she had been, if she'd gone through the things that Gabrielle goes through in this movie, we wouldn't be ready for. We wouldn't be ready to have a good time. Yeah, and that's really that. That's what John Wick is so smart about. And there are a million things that the Last Blood could have done to solve that problem, but it, it, you know, the the problem is that we're our nose is rubbed in, and it's just we're not ready to have a good time. You know, I I think. That, that's the reason why John Wick works is because yeah. there's like two layers. There's, it, it's like, you know, there's the wife and then the dog. The dog is the one that's killed, not the wife. A different kind of movie that was a little more serious and a little more like about that trauma, would, that would be a different thing. But John Wick isn't about that. It's about no, let's have it, fun having him get revenge. You know, it, it's it, it handles it the right way. Yeah, and it's more closer to, I think, the type of action movie that you and I, you know, or at least I know I prefer is that mm-hmm. I don't not I don't need the brutality. I don't want to, you know, I... It probably shouldn't be cartoon violence and, you know, diminish it. But, I, you know, that there's a reason why I love Commando. There's a reason why, you know, Rambo's 3 is a lot of fun. That type yeah. is fun. You could make some changes and it would still be as uh, simple of a plot to make this where, yes, it doesn't. It just doesn't feel as heavy. And you're right that whatever sense of satisfaction, let's take the brutality of the violence in that third act out you know, it set it aside. Even if it wasn't, you're, it's just, it's not something that you're looking to have a rousing, like good time. You're like, you know, rallying behind the hero. Cause it's just, 
too dark. You're in too dark of a place yeah. at the end of the second act. You're right. Yeah, and the thing is that John Wick is in that dark place, but we, the audience, are not. Yeah, because the movie is very smart about keeping it, you know, kind of around the corner, right? And, and but e- even within that, like that, maybe that it is a good comparison. It's also smart in that outside of having the surrogate with the, you know, the dog, because it, it does then give the ability for like the tongue in cheek that you can have the memes and stuff, you know, don't kill John Wick's dog or yeah. steal his car. Yeah. And you can't, you could do it in John Wick. You can't do it with John Rambo because John Rambo is a very established character and universe. But with being a new universe, you've got the ability, his like Wick's introduction by the, and it also helps, right? That you have an, awesome actor playing and uh, two actually i think great actors you have a you know a sub villain in alfie allen but you know his they're great actors giving great performances yeah and you're invested but his intro of john wick is still i mean again it's an unbelievably simple plot but his you you know you've been introduced in whatever that it's probably like six minutes of screen time him going through the entire story right it's an amazingly efficient six minutes, but within that, you then have this, like, I want to see what this guy can do. And maybe it's a little unfair comparison because John Rambo's already been established over multiple movies. So it's not completely a fair comparison, but you're ready for this, like, cartoon, like, I'm ready to get to the fireworks factory because of what this guy just said about a pencil. Yeah, well, and then, <laughs> it's funny because uh, First Blood, that happens in First Blood with Rambo, where Troutman shows up and says, I'm going to tell you about Rambo. You know, he's, he's, he was trained to kill with his guns with knives with his bare hands. You know, if you're, you're going to need a good supply of body bags. Like, that is basically the exact same or similar speech that uh, the bad guys give about John Wick. Um, and since this is Last Blood, I think it would be nice if somebody was around to tell... Because... I think, yeah, it's fun in John Wick. The bad guys are just like, they are terrified. Like, they, like John Wick is coming? Oh, my God. I'm, and you don't get... It's it's satisfying be, to pay that off, whereas the bad guys in Last Blood, they don't know who Rambo is. They don't no, know what he's capable of. And, and that's actually probably... It's, it's a good that we've kind of um, workshopped this here. That is... Because I, I think the fact that Aurelio can punch a, you know, a mob boss's son... And tell him to get out of the shop. His dad, the dad calls, and the response when all he all he has to say is that it was John Wick's car, and the response is oh, and he hangs up the phone. That even before the speech of outlining, and it is just a, still one of my favorite sequences of he's a man of commitment, focus, and just taking the sledgehammer and you know talking about we've you know. He built the foundation for this, and you literally see John Wick taking a sledgehammer and destroying his floor. Yeah, it's an amazing intro and sequence, but just the, to that effect, it it sets it up for it to be more of a good time. And the, yeah, uh, it would. Be, the, you're right. The bad guys here, they don't know who this guy is. It's far more impactful to say this guy is outrageously afraid. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's funny the the discrepancy between. Our world, when you see hear John Rambo, like everyone in the real world is just like, oh, that means a badass killer, yeah. and you know, <laughs> you see he, see, he sees he sees Rambo's license, just like John Rambo, oh, Juanito. Juanito. Um, you know, it's it's interesting the disparity between like anyone because no one knows who John Rambo is in that world. It's just like, oh, I don't. This mean this just a guy. This name means nothing to me. Whereas we're, we're in the audience going like, don't you know who John Rambo is? You know, it's it's he funny. was John Wick before John Wick. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I just imagine because there's the sequence not to jump ahead, and we'll we'll go through the plot, I guess. Um, but you know, there's this, there's a gearing up slash preparing the house for war sequence. Um, you know, and imagine if it, if we were in a mental state where we were ready to have more fun, and then someone's giving a speech about like, oh, let me tell you about all the things Rambo has done over the course of four movies, and plus <laughs> Vietnam and whatever else, and telling the bad guys like, you know, all all it would have taken was. Oh, someone in our group, I don't know if they're supposed to be cartel guys or if they're on their own. I don't it's not never really clear, but just like someone in our group can hack it got access to like the DOD files or somehow or whatever. Got yeah. got Rambo's file and they're reading through them just like, oh no. <laughs> you know, like the speech that um uh, what's his name in Rambo too, the 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 kind of CIA or whoever State Department guy I'm um, drawing a blank on his name, both the actor and the character. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yep. With his Coke machine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the speech, he he go, he runs down Rambo's dossier and just like, you know, Congressional Medal of Honor and this, <laughs> two tours of Vietnam, this and this and this, you know, whatever, 67 confirmed kills, whatever it is. Um, imagine the bad guys reading this and just yeah. like, and then, you know, being like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, well, we can't let this, yeah. our reputation's ruined if we let this guy get away with this or whatever. We'll, we'll get to it. But and he's an old man, right? So you, exactly. you could justify it, their, their rationalization, even seeing John Wick's resume to say, well, he's a broken down old man. We'll take a run at him, right? Right. That was 40 years ago. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, but let's start at the beginning, which is there's there's the surrogate family that Rambo has. I mean, it picks up from the end of the fourth movie. The end of the fourth movie, he shows yep. up back at his, uh, his uh, ranch, the Rambo Ranch, which I think is the same. I, I did. I couldn't tell. I checked. The only reason why I, lo- I watched the end of Rambo 4 again recently <laughs> is to try and match it up. Well, I want, I, 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 I mean, that was an ulterior motive, and I think it is the same lo- filming location, but I wanted to see how long Rambo 4 was, because that was also <laughs> a very short movie. I was like, which one of these is shorter? <laughs> And I have the answer later, but okay. um, uh, but yeah, he's it's it's been however many you know fifteen years since the end of Rambo Four, and now he's got the surrogate family and Gabriella and uh, Maria. I think is her grandmother. Yep. I don't know if they ever actually say, but it seems like Maria is uh, Gabriella's mother's mother. Yes. And the mother passed away. Of cancer. Yeah, yep. Yes. Oh, is it cancer? I don't know if they ever... I, I must have missed it. You you do get it that she says, uh, I think when she confronts her birth oh, father. Oh, right. Yeah, that, he does say that. Yeah, yeah so it was cancer. Um, so yeah, Rambo's basically raised this teenager, and she's going off to college. And this is like going to be her last summer there. And she has a friend who moved back to Mexico yep. with a very similar name, Giselle. Giselle, yep. It's like, Giselle and Gabrielle, come on, movie. Stop. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing to me? Anyway, um, there are not you a lot You remembered of, it. I did because there's not a lot of characters in this movie. That so. helps. You're right. <laughs> there's like six characters in this whole movie. Um, so Giselle, uh, un, un, unclear if it's prompted by Gabrielle or not, but what is Giselle finds her Gabrielle's birth father. I I I took it from that yes, that Gabriella made the call to Giselle in Mexico and requested that she try and find her birth yeah, father. Probably yes, but Giselle she's into some bad stuff, uh, which we can talk to about in detail later. But uh, Gabrielle is drugged at a after after having a bad confrontation with her father, or yep. he says some awful things to her. But interestingly, I'm glad they didn't make him more cartoony of a villain. They could have made him the actual villain of the movie, right? But he's just he's a bad guy in a very everyday way. Yes, not no, in he's a Rambo de- way. Definitely not a Rambo. Uh, he, he actually probably what's funny is I think of the villains, and I think in some ways of the characters, he might actually be the most kind of real, like. Yeah, I agree. 
kind of non-movie character and not that there's a lot of nuance and there's not a ton of time for him, but I actually think he's probably the most kind of well-rounded character of almost anybody in the movie. And there's not a ton of people in, in the right. movie. A lot is unsaid with that character because yeah. we learn from Rambo that he was very violent with his wife and yep. then, but then he does, he gives his, his reasons for leaving. It's just, he's not like, just like go away. I'm not telling like he, 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 he explains, does. They're, they're awful they're reasons. Aw- they're awful, but he, he does give his point of view and yeah, I agree. It's a little more nuanced than like, I am bad. I am, I'm a bad person. I mean, right. he, is, he is a bad person, but you know, you get the sense that he's mellowed because he has this other girl, yeah. possibly a new family. I think he, you hear a baby crying. Yeah, so I was yeah. about to say, I thought you heard a baby. Crying. You do. Yep. So maybe the implication is that he mellowed, but he still says some awful things to her. Yeah, uh, he does not care about her feelings at all. Nope. And she, Giselle, in order to to you know, Gabrielle's upset, and Giselle takes her out, uh, trying to cheer her up. Uh, yeah, but I think she has ulterior motives. I think too, so, so too. We'll talk about because it. I mean, they, I know that they show the shot, you know, of her of the bracelet to be able to connect it when Rambo knows. But I also took that as she was looking at it as an opportunity that you know this this wasn't. An accident. It was premeditated for sure. Oh, some degree of it was premeditated. We could talk about to what degree was it. Uh, yeah, I think it uh, more than likely. I agree that it was. It okay. was she was responsible very directly. Yes. Instead of indirectly, it was not negligence. It was you know there was there was intent going on. Um. So anyway, then Rambo gets word of it because Giselle calls to tell to try to cover her her own ass, and Rambo's like, I'm going off to Mexico to to save her. Uh, and kind of gets got a hoodwinked a little bit. Like this, this is the part on top of everything else we were talking about. And now we're in the middle chunk of the movie. On top of all the kind of brutality and just lingering too much on what Gabrielle's going through, and and uh, yeah, I think also I was very the first viewing because Rambo he he goes to the bar where she was taken, and Giselle points out the guy who drugged her and kidnapped her, and Rambo. I mean, it's one of the most violent moments it in the movie. It's so tough. It's awful. I mean, it's it, it, the guy obviously deserves it, but like, man, this movie is I, it, it, it's it's wallowing in this violence in a way that that's why it feels so exploitive. Like, it made he, me like think, man, I I just need to go watch Mister Blonde cut that cop's ear off because <laughs> right. that, that made me like bring up the tone a little bit. At least I got stuck in the middle with you and that for some feel good. Yes, know? I'm like feel good. Yeah. Good lord, it was tough. Yeah. Because Rambo just oh yeah please <laughs> he breaks his collarbone that's oh, all yes yeah. it's so t- it's tough but the guy I mean I, I, this is in my questions but this is a plot question so I feel like it's worth talking about now the guy I think deliberately leads Rambo into a trap right I can see that and I think I think he knows that by taking because this will actually tie to one of my kind of questions or points so maybe we'll just cover it now. I think he, yes, intentionally takes him to what I called in my notes the clubhouse because yeah. it seems like this is where you know they hang out and do drugs and whatever. It's a big house on the top of a hill. It's like it's yes. clearly like a prominent like they are the the power in this town in the town without a doubt. So I I got because <laughs> the Martinez brothers' home seems to be so less guarded. Yeah, I, right. I think it was either a bad. Bad writing in the movie to have the the personal residence so poorly guarded. But to answer your questions, I think that yes, he somewhat says, "All right, I'm going to take him to the clubhouse because I know that there's going to be a lot of guys surrounding it." Rambo passes like ten lookouts, 
and it keeps being like, oh, I guess I'll go this way. And then there's another lookout. I go, okay, I'm going to turn. And the first time I was watching in the theater, I'm going like, what's Rambo's plan, right? Like, I'm going like, he's going to have, like, Rambo, he's the greatest you know, like, combat soldier. He knows he's walking into, like, basically a war zone. Yes. I'm going, and this is a guy who we've seen overcome incredible odds in and numerous movies. And I'm going like, well, he's got to have some kind of plan. And then he just walks in. He's just surrounded by these these guys. Yes. He had no plan. And I, but then I'm like, okay, is he gonna just? Because you see him taking uh, medication. I was calling them as anti-Rambo drugs, like they're, <laughs> whatever they are, if they're antipsychotics or whatever, something to, to like you know keep the lid on his violent tendencies. Um, so it's like the opposite of the the green juice and Logan. Lo- <laughs> yeah. Logan needs that to fire up. Rambo needs to keep the lid on it. He needs his Rambo. Well, I feel like the movie could have made a point. I think he throws them away in the wrong spot because he throws them away really early. Like he he uh, he does after he talks to Giselle. I think yes. And I think it would have been more interesting if the movie was like, you know, if the movie had been saying like, well, he's taking no, his medication before he talks to Giselle after he because conf- he confronts the birth father first. Oh, you're right. And then yeah, he, he's like coming down from the stairs from that, and he's that's like, when he, yeah, he pitches him away. But I feel I think if if they had if it had been later, if he had pitched him a little later, and the movie had been kind of like, well, these dulled his senses and like they, it curbed his violence, yeah. so he wasn't sharp, and you know, his, his, his he wasn't his focus, yeah, exactly, because it could be antidepressants or whatever that whatever. you know maybe takes away, you know, it suppresses things that he needs to to function. Not yeah. like a killing machine, but more, you know, like a, a well-grounded person. And then, yeah, he tosses him away, and he's far more focused, but unfortunately also far more violent. Exactly. I think, but I think that would have made sense to me. But he throws him away really early. So now I'm just like, wait, this is Rambo. He has stopped taking his medication. I mean, granted, maybe it's only been like an hour. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, so maybe it's still in the system or whatever. I, I'm... I'm overanalyzing this movie that has so little plot because out of out of a desperation to grasp onto something. I just I just think that whole scene of him confronting, you know, they wanted to have a scene where he met the villains. What were the names? Is the Martinez brothers? It's Martinez brothers. I don't Vic, have the first name. Victor and Hugo. I think is what the really. Name. I think so. Wow, I would not. Have. Again, there's so few characters. Also, I was talking before the show that uh, I've cut out caffeine, and I wonder how much of that was responsible for my bad memory. I'm just like. <laughs> All of a sudden, like, synapses like, are firing. I'm like George Costanza when he cut out sex. And just, <laughs> <laughs> caffeine was the thing for me. Are you going to be doing the podcast in Portuguese next? <laughs> well, not, not quite yet. Uh, you know, and teaching the Yankees how to hit home runs? <laughs> yeah, in five games. It's the sixth game. <laughs> we won the World Series. In five games. <laughs> um, anyway, I think I would have been able to buy it. But just... It really bothered me that he just has no plan. He just gets the crap kicked out of him. Yeah, I mean... He didn't even try to negotiate. I thought... Was, when he walked up there, when I was watching the theater, and he's just... He's surrounded. I'm going, like, oh, he's going to try to... He's going to be like, I'm a violent man. I'm trying not to be violent. Let's... You know, you're businessmen. I just want her back. Whatever. Yeah. You know, like, what's to... Trying to negotiate what, a price what, or what, something. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? He doesn't say a word until they, like... They recognize the photo of Giselle and they're like, oh, she's in our, you know, our our uh, broth or whatever. And he's just like, oh, and he just lunges at him. It's like, what what is your plan? What he's just yeah. he's just reacting out of emotion. I mean, obviously it's traumatic, and I get it, but I just wish the the it's, scene had been written in a way so that he didn't seem so dumb. Yeah, because it it basically kind of throws away all of what's been established of the training that a, a real soldier that has. I mean, it, no soldier is going to be like John Rambo in the movies, but. 
a soldier that has any level of special forces training is not walking into a trap like yeah. that. I mean, he, he would have scoped that place out for at least a day or so. I mean, grant that he, she's in danger. And he she's in, there, there's a lot of mitigating circumstances that you can you can explain away some of, like he might have rushed rushed into it believing and falling into the trap. Yeah. But after about one, no more than two lookouts, he immediately, yeah, he's special forces, he'd be like, all right, I clearly do not have an advantage here. Right, which out is the weakest link? I'm going to try and push my way out. Yeah, I'm going to push my way out of there, regroup, and come back with a new strategy. Yeah. It, and I, I look, he's 70-some years, I, there's a lot of things you can explain away, but I don't think training like that, and, and I'm not a soldier, but if you have special forces training, I don't think that ever leaves in terms of you assessing danger. And access entryway point, there's just no way that that's believable, even if he had, as you said, the anti-Rambo pill suppressing things (laughs) and advanced age, right? He's not as good as he once was for my kind of, you know, Logan analogy. I don't buy that. It just, what's funny is that it's not like it was a movie that was running long. So you very easily could have still, you know, stayed true, had him say, this isn't good regroup and then still put him in peril right like he comes up with a new plan and it doesn't work but that it's like it'll be like basically something you and i would be stupid like to, to fall into a trap like that john rambo is not falling into a trap like that no especially you know i mean the, the rambo that as described by colonel campbell in the first movie <laughs> you know the greatest soldier who's ever lived essentially and to have him just be caught unawares by not a military organization that's right. the thing is not going up against every other movie and this this affects other parts in the movie coming up soon. Every other movie, every other Rambo movie, he's fighting against a military organization. Even yep. you know Burmese army, they seem kind of ragtag, you know, compared to like the Soviets in three and uh, <laughs> you know and the Vietnamese uh, North Vietnamese in two, um, or even the police in First Blood. Like they're much more, you know, like this is a criminal organization. And how is Rambo caught so off guard yep. by these essentially untrained gunmen? Um, yeah, it's infuriating. Anyway, he gets he gets the crap beat out of him. They leave him alive for reasons. <laughs> I, for, for reasons only because it's, it's a movie. Yeah, and then so there's a journalist, an independent journalist named Paz. She followed him there, just kind of keep caught an eye, kept an eye on him. Then she went up and took him back to her place and cared for him. He was unconscious for four days. She brought a doctor in to treat treat him. And then. And that's the thing. Like they have a little talk. Cause she she lost a loved one. Was it a sister? sister? Yep. Yeah, a sister. Younger sister to this this gang of you know whoever cartel whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, the Martinez brothers, uh, right? Martinez, yep, Martinez yeah. brothers. Yep. The caffeine is definitely that's it. <laughs> Synapses are firing, hey, man. You know what? It's every little bit helps. So yeah, and then she's like, her character is kind of mushy because it's like she's in the bar, seemingly investigating. This group ta- of uh, ta- human traffickers. Well, at least tailing the the fo- you know the, the kind of the entry point the the guy who's you know um, putting the drugs in in drinks and and kind of you know spending money there to try and find girls to to bring into it. It's clear she's at least following him and somewhat because she does say that you know because you can see on her wall later you know pictures of the Martinez brothers. Yeah, it's clear she's trying to find out who all is involved in the organization. Yeah, okay, I, I was about to launch into something, but I'm realizing that I've got the movie out of order, because later, when she says, like, there's no point in getting revenge, you just, you move on. Yeah. And he's like, I know you want revenge, or whatever. But we're, we're, I'm jumping the gun, because this at this point, she just says, okay, I'll help you find your, your daughter. Because she even asks, is she your daughter? And he says, yeah. yes. 
which is kind of a, that's a good moment where he doesn't even he doesn't hesitate. Go through, yeah, he's not trying to explain like well, it's like yes, oh. she's my daughter, um, which I think is the first time. You know, because even even earlier in the movie when they're fighting about whether Giselle is going to go to Mexico, like Maria says, like this man's more your father than yeah. any, anyone or whatever. No, he's but, taking a deferential for sure. Yeah, but he never like takes the title on. No, you know, he never calls her her daughter until that moment. Anyway, so pause helps tells Rambo where to find where this brothel is essentially, where she's being held, and he attacks and kills a couple guys and gets <laughs> yes. her, gets her out of there. And so, and then she just dies on the ride home. Yep. This this is the moment that really. So I'm, I, I, you know, and we're skipping over all the t- the numerous times this movie while Rambo's doing all that. The numerous times the movie cuts to Giselle and this brothel and, um, you know, just awful stuff. Yes. So I, I'm. I guess I'm somewhat. I'm torn. So I I would say I understand the movie's point of trying to shed some light on what human trafficking looks like. I think it does dwell too much. I'm torn on the choice for Gabriella to die. And here, here's the reason why I say that, um, based on what is shown and is, you know, may, maybe it is a, you know, Hollywoodification. I, I don't know, you know, how close it is to reality. The challenge I would have is that, for that character, you know, to to be able to recover from something like that, it's tough. So I, I'm not saying like she's better off, but I, I guess what I'm saying is that the choices of the movie made for it to be human trafficking and show that stuff. I don't know if I think the movie made the wrong choice. Okay, just o- only because I, the alternative to me and you know recovery. It, might be just as worse, if not bad, or, you know, as bad, if not worse. So I'm not, I'm certainly not celebrating it. So I hope nobody takes it as that, but I'm a little more torn because, you know, there's some, there's some things that like being a victim of and surviving might be worse than not surviving. And this might fall into that camp. Um, So I do understand what you're saying. What the ironic thing is, and I'm 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 going to use this even though we're still in the plot summary, and man, I'm going to have like no little details by the time we get there. Fine, is that what really actually infuriates me about the whole thing? And unless the 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 writer, the writers, and the director, and unless they were really trying to shed some light on human trafficking, I'm not sure this is the type of movie and venue to do it. Let's. Yeah, I agree. When they when they introduced. He's got these tunnels built in Arizona, and they've got some high school kids coming over, you know, that are his his you know surrogate daughter's friends. Mm-hmm. I immediately thought, I'm like, oh, the you know the the drug cartels are gonna you know find out about the. This is going to be like about usage of these tunnels that he's dug. That's the thing, actually. That it's like I why not just use that? Like if if you wanted to have this you know, showdown with a Mexican cartel of some kind, just make it the drug cartel and that the tunnels that Rambo has underneath his house, you know, farm, make that it. But they want to use them to smuggle drugs yes, into the or, country? You know, they, you know, yeah, like one of the teenage kids somehow like had a drug problem, right? And he sold the information that, hey, there's these tunnels. I know, I don't know where Rambo's farm was supposed to be how close to the border but my point is is that i completely thought that's what i was like when i'm like oh my god i was completely wrong i'm like these tunnels it's like check i'm like these tunnels have to be used for that no it's later going to be used for kevin McAllister, you know type kills (laughs) that's interesting I, i think that to me that was the solution if you wanted you know this to be about 
the enemy not to be some sort of military organization. It was going to be a crime cartel. So much of what I think drag, I think drags this down for you, dragged it down for me. And this whole question of the surrogate, like she doesn't have to be a victim in any way, shape or form in, right. in, in my, in my writing, my movie, it's a territorial dispute and you, you have to have some level of peril, you know, whatever, but it not nearly as brutal as, as what is shown. And I think that totally cha- completely changes things. Yeah. To also to a point like, I think the home not only totally does the Home Alone thing work more, but I think it even makes more sense too if it was like a territorial thing. He would set traps in there. It's like, all right, you know, they think they have free reign over this. Guess what? There's going to be Christmas ornaments broke all over the place. So I, I think for all of those reasons, I, I think for the third act to to you think it works in terms of the action sequence. I think in isolation, yeah. in isolation. And what I'm saying is if you change that, that it's not human trafficking, but it's a territorial dispute to use of those tunnels. Yeah. I think it works far more. And I, I still don't know if I would have had as much fun because particularly the last, the last kill in this movie, it is. Uh, oh, that's too far. I, it's, it it's, goes too far. It's way I mean, too it's, far. It's, it's laughable. I think so. A couple of people laughed in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's, well, there's multiple. It's like Mortal Kombat. Stuff. I was just going to say, finish. That's what I was actually well, thinking. Get over here. Because he also has a Mortal Kombat pit in his uh, tunnels, too. He does. Spikes at the bottom. So I, <laughs> you I, did, he just had to uppercut somebody into it. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had multiple Free comparisons. <laughs> I had multiple comparisons to Mortal Kombat in my notes. Yeah, and that last kill. It's too, it's too extreme. Kano wins, and the movie thinks that that's that's like oh, it's so satisfying to watch this awful this this horrific guy get his heart ripped out and cut out. It overpowers the emotion of the moment. the 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 moment shouldn't be about this dude's heart. The moment should be about the you know Rambo feeling like he's gotten revenge for you know he he he's experienced this loss. Yeah, because I'm really only looking at it from like. A, a movie making point of view as far as like she I don't think she should have died because what what it does in my opinion is it lowers the stakes which is the opposite of what you want you know the, what's at stake is her life and her well-being yep. and and she he's trying to protect her and now she's dead and now it's all about like he wants revenge which is I in my opinion a lowering of the stakes like if if obviously I think we agree that she the, the movie shouldn't have put Giselle through that just it it not Giselle, Gabrielle. Oh, but Gabrielle, yeah. yeah. See, okay. So the caffeine... Uh, That's all right. <laughs> not the caffeine hasn't fully worked. They're too similar. Both those names are too similar. Anyway, yeah, because, uh, you know, it just it pushes this this movie in a direction that it can't recover from. But I think the idea of Rambo having someone that he cares about to protect, you know, whatever the reason was that they're coming, and if, if he had to protect her at the house, you know, I, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. I it, it just... You're totally changing the second act, so there's some other reason. And, why. and I think you can rewrite that too if you want to still go down that route to have it that it's Kevin McAllister protecting someone. It yeah. do, she doesn't have to be a victim of human trafficking. No. All she had to do was have witnessed something she wasn't supposed to have witnessed. Totally been able to you know somehow make it back out of Mexico, but for you know write in two lines of dialogue. However, they know right. You know maybe they know her 
birth father who knows, you know, where John Rambo lives, boom, you know, you make that connection. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. And you don't have to go through the brutality of human trafficking. And it makes it a victory as opposed to, I mean, it's such a hollow victory at the end of the movie where it's like, yeah, so what? It is a Pyrrhic victory without without a doubt. I mean, the cost that was involved, not literally literally the entire, like, ranch is destroyed, but more importantly, like, his surrogate family is completely destroyed. Yeah, and then Rambo gives a speech at the end and voiceover, and I guess it's supposed to show that it's supposed to illustrate the toll that it's taken on him. But it doesn't do that good of a job. I mean, it doesn't. Most revenge stories are about how you know you want to carry out revenge, you dig two graves, right? That's the, that's the the expression. Like this movie doesn't necessarily feel like unless it's Memento and you just don't remember it, so you don't need well, that. Sure. Second yeah. Grave. Um, because, like, well, I, we skipped over the part that I found the most shocking the first time. Because okay. um, Gabrielle dies. Yep. Um, he kind of, you know, there's a scene with him and Maria where they're obviously grieving, and she's just like, she ha- she has the line of dialogue. It feel like, feels like my heart has been ripped out. Like, I'll be sad until the end of my days. And the first time watching it, you're going like, oh, that's that's heartbreaking. But the second time watching, I'm going, that's just a setup for the dumb thing yeah. at the end of this movie. It's it's really bothered me. The second, the second time watching, because the, the first time I was watching, I was like, this is a great scene. Like, this is such a nice scene between these two characters yeah. who both loved her and she's died. Oh, it's but the second time, it's just, a, it's just a setup for the, Kato, it, yeah. for the fatality. But then, okay, now Rambo wants revenge and he goes back into Mexico. Um, worth noting, by the way, I will give this movie one bit of credit. We, we talked about, I think in last episode, how movies... We'll put the yellow filter over Mexico to tell you you're in Mexico. This movie doesn't do that. So, hey, good on you. Good on you, Rambo Last Blood. You didn't do that thing. Um, but anyway, he goes back to Mexico. And as you noted earlier, uh, I think it's Victor, his house, and uh, Rambo takes out a couple of guards. Three at most. I've got it on the body yeah, count. Yeah, I have it too. I think it's three. And then we cut away, but we learn very quickly what he did. And he beheaded this guy in his own home and left the body and and he's driving back to the U.S. and drops the head out of his car. Yes. This this to me, like this is the moment where I was just like, oh, this movie is going to take Rambo. It's going to explore Rambo going into the darkest possible depths of his soul. Because I'm going, every other time he's killed anyone, it's been in a combat scenario. <laughs> now he's just literally breaking into people's houses and yes. murdering them. Just, just cutting off their Baba heads. Baba Yaga. He's <laughs> yeah. the boogeyman. Even John Wick doesn't do this. He doesn't do cold-blooded murder. He's in the shower. He's, he's literally helpless. And even even as bad as he is, he's obviously a bad, horrible, horrible human being and deserves to die. But for Rambo to go into someone's home, their place of residence, and go into a guy just helpless taking a shower and to cut off his head, I'm going like, this isn't, this, you know, this is like a war crime. This is like beyond, this is not, this is not, you know, following the rules of engagement of a soldier, right? This is, I mean, he's no, crossed a line. And I would, and I, but in the, I got really excited because I was like, "Oh, this movie is really going to go to dr-. no." Like this movie's just like, no, that's he. He was right to do that, and he did it to lure them. I was going to say just to set the trap. Right? Yeah, exactly. And it was never really explored. Like, do you guys give up? Are you thirsty for more? I can't believe they did, <laughs> they didn't come find him after he he killed a couple of guys in the at the uh, brothel, right? Like they're just like, well. Okay, fine. Uh, it's not until Victor's beheaded that they come after him. Well, it's because I, whether or not you believe it is that Victor says next time you know you listen, you're not you're you're not doing this. It's like we're done here. You know, th- this is enough collateral damage. We're done. We're not pursuing this. Yeah. So I I do understand it, understand your point, but I the movie does go out of its way to say you. This is your mess. I'm not going to let you make it any worse because you should have done what I told you to do the first time. 
Okay, I don't think I made that connection. That's why they didn't. Yeah, no, because because they've got his address from his ID. Victor, basically, because that's what the younger brother or the the skinny one is. It the, that's you know, that's that, Victor. Yeah, Hugo is the other guy. Yeah, yeah so he want Hugo wants to, and he says Victor says no. You're, this is it. We're done. You should have listened to me before. So they whether or not you believe, obviously, it wasn't a good strategy because. <laughs> They don't know who John Rambo is, right. but I, I can understand that and it does make logical sense. This is already enough of a loss. We should have had not had this loss in the first place. We're just going to live with this and be done. So, okay. Yeah. I don't think right. I quite made that connection. That's all right. So yeah, they, they go to his house and there's an action sequence where yes. Rambo has set numerous traaps. Ridiculous yeah. amount of traps. I, I uh, cataloged every single I'm thing. Sure there's, you there's, did. there's, there's a getting ready montage. Where it becomes, I think, kind of comical. It actually kind of was. It just keeps going and going. I'm just like, what's I it doing now? I mean, getting solved. And I'm like, why does he have these things on a farm? <laughs> right. That, well, he's, he's also still Rambo. I, I mean, know, the, the first shot, the opening shot, is it shows he's still got all his guns and the knife, the machete from the fourth movie is still there. And he's got all, they're just packed away in a cave. You know, it's, it's I guess, metaphorical of just like, he's Boy. keeping a lid in it. He's burying yeah. all of his, his old violence. Like John Wick, right? He needed to get a sledgehammer to go get his materials well, up. Luckily, he didn't pour concrete over all these weapons. They were very accessible. <laughs> yes, they were. He's taking his anti-ramble pills, but the guns are very much in reach. Anyway, yeah, that's the movie. And then uh, we'll talk about the ending at the, the very end, uh, you know, in a later, in, in a little, little de- details right. probably. Because I have some questions. Well, I guess probably in questions. I have some questions about that ending and whether what it means. All right. I think that was the big picture. Okay, let's move on to technology. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? All right. This is the segment of the show where we discuss how changes in technology or advancements in technology, I guess, would have altered the plot or other points of the movie. And this is a colossal failure for me, being a relatively new movie, and also one <laughs> does not actually have that much um, time running in the movie and or... Uh, real events actually changed there. I didn't have anything for this one. I'm pretty bummed. I think the movie makes a point to show Rambo not to use using kind of more old fashioned tactics and weapons in the in the last you know, yeah, that's, action scene. That's fair because like you know he doesn't have any like cameras set up or anything like no, that. No, he you, does you, not. You'd think like oh he he wants to be able to see who's in the tunnel who's coming there. In. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. No. So you know it's not he even just like he's th- using mod- current technology. <laughs> no. alone. He just assumes they're gonna fall into his traps. And he's got tiger pits. And- he, he's got assault rifles, but he, he really never uses them. I don't think he does. The only time he uses them. This is really, I guess this is oh, no, the weaponry technology. <laughs> no, you're right. Actually, they do when they fall into the Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And he just walks up. And that's the only time. It's completely he unexplained why. It's like, John, they're clearly dead. <laughs> Even trying? if they survive, they're not going to climb out. <laughs> not after what they've seen, what's going on. They have been else. dealt with. And he, he's he's got to make sure. They should, they should incorporate they that. They have been dealt with. The, the next Mortal Kombat movie, they should incorporate that in the pit stage. Because they all have a pit stage where you knock a guy no pit in the spikes. And then the next Mortal Kombat movie, they should have... Because they do all these characters, too. Right? I think they, even Rambo is... Because the Terminator's a character in the most recent Mortal Kombat. Really? They're, like, downloadable. Like, you pay extra for them. I want to I say Rambo is in Mortal Kombat now. So he should show... Anytime he knocks someone with the pit, he should show up with a machine gun. Not the movie. You're saying the video, a, a game. The game, yeah. yeah you they? were saying the movie, Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, sorry. No, the, the games. The most recent... They uh, have a Terminator. That's awesome. The Terminator's definitely in it. They got an Arnold sound alike. It's not Arnold. Right, I don't though, remember if Stallone. They should have a John Rambo. 
I think he is. I gotta look up what characters. Um, there's a bunch of like the maybe the predators in it now. Like it's just they went out and acquired a bunch of property. Oh well, I think it's all uh, Fox stuff because I think that game is a 20th Century Fox property. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it, that's a Disney property. I guess so. Now that's <laughs> it's a good point. What a connection. Yeah, I didn't even consider that. Boy, I wonder. If, I wonder if Ronald Ruck will be in it soon. <laughs> that would just Mortal Kombat, but with all the Disney characters. Yes. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I don't have anything for technology. Though, no, so. sadly, I don't either, so I failed here. All right, should we move on to Little Details? Little Details. That cardboard headstone tipped over. The, this graveyard is obviously phony. All right, the Little Details, the segment of the show where we discuss minutia of the movie that we found uh, noteworthy or interesting. You want to start us off? Uh, I'll start off just because I have a note here that I forgot to highlight for the segment, and I okay. want to cover it now so I don't forget. All right. And it's early in the movie when Maria, I think, is making a meal or whatever for for uh, her and uh, Rambo and uh, Gabrielle. And Rambo is just sitting at the table holding a fork in one hand and a knife in the other hand <laughs> like a cartoon wolf. Yeah. <laughs> I actually now can picture it. <laughs> I, I have a note about that, that pose just making me laugh, and I just, I just all he needs is like a napkin folded <laughs> right. and like licking his chops. Yeah, his tongue falling out of his mouth and rolling under the table. <laughs> that, that's, I didn't notice that now, but I can remember in my mind what you're talking about. That's a great image. I don't know if it's like an army thing or what, but it's just, he's just holding he's just them ready, like his hands gripped in fists, just tightly holding these this utensils. Anyway, oh. and it's a weird place to start, but it's just I I I was gonna forget that if I didn't start with it. All right, so I have kind of my first two are actually the literal opening, which I feel like I was completely head faked because you have like this stock aerial, you know, footage of, you know, a, a ranch or a farm. And I'm thinking, I feel like I'm, you know, getting introduced to Superman and it's like going to be, you know, Smallville-esque and you yeah. know, not too long after that very much changed. But actually those opening credits, you know, they're then trying to establish with photos, you know, of, of Stallone, you know, as a younger Rambo. But one of the, I gave credit, one of the, the details that was a nice addition is that they, you know, give you enough to show the surrogate, you know, family. And one of the things that I thought was a nice touch from the production crew is they had a, a growth chart that, you know, for Rambo, of course, it's just a yardstick, which I thought was perfect and, a, yeah. you know, a really good, li- you know, again, it's maybe up on the screen for two seconds, but I thought that entire, you know, establishment was well thought out. In particular, the, the growth growth chart with a yardstick is very much John Rambo. I agree. And I have the what was marked on the yardstick because I, th- oh. I think the implication is that there, there are two different colored markings, and I think one of the colors is Rambo as a child. This is his child. Oh, alone. I missed that. Nice. But it looks like there's a mark at 24 inches in July 1955. Okay. Then, yeah, and then there's part- another one 29 and a half inches in September 2016. So, yeah, I think. Uh, <coughs> how, how high is 29 and a half? Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. That's like two and a half feet. <laughs> so that's that's only three years before this, so that can't. That they, I don't know if I'm interpreting these marks correctly yeah maybe not either I way it's like, a nice touch though if there's different mark or different colors then for sure then one is for gabriella one's for john yeah i assume i i interpreted that as right. these are left still there from when john was a yeah. boy all right good catch yeah. good catch um okay well while we're talking about those the the kind of catch up with the photos and all that i agree it's, it's nicely done and they do a good job kind of getting up to speed quickly on his relationship with gabrielle um, but there is one photo that I did think the Photoshop didn't look been, good. Uh, could have been a little better. Which one? 
it's it's Rambo and she uh, Gabrielle's probably like ten or something on a horse, you know, because she does horse competitions and he's a trainer, right? Um, and they photoshopped long hair on Rambo oh. to try to think make it look like it's shortly after he came back and because yeah. you know, he had pretty long hair in four. Um, it's also a weird a thing that took me a little bit to adjust to, just like Rambo's got short hair. Like, I, I don't know. This is the hair I remember talking about it on uh, uh, on. Um, Escape Plan Two. Remember, I started. I was like, I, I think he got some kind of work done. Not you know, whatever he can do what he wants. But his hair in Escape Plan Two, Escape Plan Three, this and Creed Two are all like identical. Like you know, <laughs> as if as if Stallone's like, you are not allowed to touch my hair. It's been sculpted. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I found that very off-putting the first time I saw it. I was just like, oh, Rambo shouldn't have short hair. But anyway, there's, they, they photoshopped in the long hair on, on a photo, and it does not look good. I missed that one. That's a good catch. All right, my my next one uh, is still early in the movie. I you, uh, Gabrielle has come home, and she's looking for John. It's the establishment of you know these tunnels, which will be very integral in the uh, the yes. last act of the movie. Chekhov's tunnels. Yes, she... <laughs> She she's looking for him and he's like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I was making you something, you know. So he's forging stuff in steel and uh, or no, he was making something else. He said, I made you a letter opener, and I actually really like the actress's letter opener. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know who I am? What century this is? And actually, what I love the most is Rambo doesn't skip a beat. Is uh, uh, yeah, it will look beautiful on your desk. <laughs> Because it's clear he's made her a knife that she wants to take. He wants her to take to school with, but it's that uh, Stallone does not miss. Yeah, it'll look beautiful on your desk. He just wants to completely gloss over that. No, I've just made you a really, really sharp knife. I mean, Rambo is known for his knives. In the world of Rambo, it's just this is the greatest thing you could gift somebody. Yes. Numerous knives that he's crafted over the years are wielded. You know, like it's, it. It makes a lot of sense. Um, Damascus steel, he says. Which who knows? Oh. That that seems like. Something that I, I don't know how expensive that is, but I imagine it's pretty expensive. It's probably, you know, it's, probably it's like bad. it's probably like Valerian. Maybe, maybe it's rare, like Valerian well, steel. Isn't Valerian steel based on Damascus steel? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's probably valuable just because of that, right? Forget it. Don't use it. Fine. It's like it's basically like <laughs> for all we know, it can kill a White Walker. <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> um, coming across the that, that border, you know, <laughs> it's another, another it's another border crisis right there. Uh. Anyway, okay, let's talk about, since we're talking about the tunnels, we're kind of working our way through the movie. Yep. There's a moment, and it's nice that they're continuing to acknowledge his PTSD as a moment where he's walking through the tunnels and he has a flashback to Vietnam. I don't like the way this movie handles the flashback. In First Blood, he, he you only see his perspective. Like, he was a POW, and you see glimpses of that experience. You know, but very brief glimpses, because that movie is smart enough not to overwhelm you with all the gloom and doom. Um, this movie, there's like newsreel footage and like audio from politicians or news. Yeah. Who knows what it is? I don't know. I don't know. what I, those I think are. it's actually, it's not politicians. I think it's, oh, and I, my history isn't as good as it once was. It's one of the, um, you know, one of the generals like giving, giving a report to CBS. Okay. Um, uh, on like CBS evening news or something like that. So oh, this it, is good to get that context. I didn't know I, what it was. I, for, not, like just, I can't remember the general and it might not be CBS with them, whatever. Right. Yeah. That, that, but it's, that's still val- valuable context. That yes. It's a general speaking to a news, you know, news organization. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it's like, it, it feels like a Smithsonian exhibit of the Vietnam war, as opposed to actually yep. seeing his perspective and the trauma. That's very person. fair. Yeah. I, why are you doing this? It's just, 
you know, the first movie got it right. Just do that again. Yeah. Even Rambo four, he, you get the flashes from previous movies and he's hearing Troutman's voice. And, um, you know, there's no presence of Troutman in this movie at all, which is a bummer. Um, you know, there's an opportunity to do something similar there. They did in Rambo four, where he's having nightmares and he wakes up and he's having, you know, reliving the trauma from right. Vietnam. Why is it this newsreel? It's just, it's like an outsider's view of Vietnam, not Rambo's. View I, of I miss that, but that's, that's definitely a fair criticism that, uh, that you caught there that it, it does feel like almost your Smithsonian is probably the right. It, it feels inauthentic that it's not personal in any way to him. It's just, here's, here's a history lesson, a, a, a like 10 second history lesson of what Vietnam was kind of like. Yeah. I mean, you get a brief shot, but it's actual news, re- like footage from Vietnam of like someone opening a hole and yep. like firing a flamethrower down it and going, Oh, this, these tunnels are like, he's trying to recreate something that he experienced in Vietnam. I thought we were actually going to see a scene that that was just kind of getting us into that, but no, it was just nope. news real footage. So it was a bummer. Uh, all right. So around that, that same time, um, I, I want to call attention to so when Gabrielle uh, says, Oh, she says, I need to talk to you about something. And so she, you know, reveals that she wants to go to Mexico to ask questions and confront her biological father. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give credit both to Stallone and the writing. I think in this sequence, Rambo as what you know, a surrogate dad or dad, I think he does a good job of um, being the authority figure, but not trying to be too much of an authority figure and trying to make it seem like, you know, it's her idea. Yeah. He he's he doesn't immediately go to like no you're not doing this because he knows better. I think he de-escalate. Now it turns out right that it it doesn't last that long and she's a teenager. I've got teenagers now. It's not surprising. I want to give credit to the writing that felt like a real moment. Like that, and it also is like many of these first act scenes do not feel like it fits with the rest of this movie when you see the rest. But I want to give credit to Stallone's performance and the writing in it because it felt like a real like dad trying to do the right thing and very out of character for Rambo, right? You'd expect he to be the one like, no, this is what you're going to do. Yeah, I agree. I, that, that was a good, good moment. Yeah. And he, he's, it's, he's depicted as a very good surrogate father. Like, you know, even though, you know, he's got this violence on the surface, he's got it under control and it's not affecting him. And I like the, that he's talking about his experience and expressing the regret. Cause he, she says like, well, you know, what did you want to do when you were my age? I wanted to be a soldier. And it's nice to hear like, you're getting this perspective of like, there was a version of Rambo before he was traumatized of just like, he just wanted to go and fight for his be country. All it could be. Yeah. And, and he had, he was full of hope and all this. And it's like, he's like, you know, I wish someone had stopped me. And it's just really, it gives a lot of interesting flavor to the whole series of like, it gives that context of who he was before he was in Vietnam and you know, not much. It's just a little hint of it, but yeah, I agree. I think all the stuff before she leaves for Mexico is great. And it's it's also nice. Just I just remember the first viewing being like I was so happy for Rambo. Like he actually is happy. <laughs> like you know this is a guy who has been never like been happy for an instant. <laughs> he was a snake handler for yeah crying out loud. I mean really the, the the thing that really is tough about this movie is to see this character who has never been happy be given happiness and then have him be taken away. You know, in less than 20 minutes. Yeah. I think I would have rather just had a drama about Rambo and his family and had no action scenes or any kind of violence at all. I mean, obviously, you know, it would be a lot different than what yeah, people very expected. Different. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And that was my next note is basically about that scene. 
That's a great. I note. stole your thunder. <clears throat> no, that's fine. I mean, we, I'm glad we talked about it. Oh, but speaking of him being gentle with uh, with uh, Gabrielle, <laughs> I did laugh because then it goes into another scene where she changed, she's like, "I know what you said. I still am going to go." And Maria, her grandmother, is there, and she's like, "You are not going. That, you know that. You know this man's more your father than that man. He's a you know you don't want anything to do with him." And Rambo's like. Hey, Maria, take it easy. And she just turns around. It hurt. I don't know what it is about this reaction, but it makes me laugh. She's just, she's just like, she turns and snaps, and she's like, no, why? <laughs> I don't uh, remember that. But. He's just, take it easy on her. No, why? <laughs> she's, I mean, she's the uh, the disciplinarian, clearly. And she's, oh, well, she's doing the thing that you were saying you were yeah. to Rambo to do. I'm just like, you're not going, you, you know. And there was a good contrast. Yeah, that, I, for, I forbid it. Yeah, because she, well, she's taking the exact opposite approach. And unfortunately, it has the ultimate outcome that very often is the case. If you try and be like, no, you're not doing this. No, you're not doing this because I know better. Yeah. With teenagers in particular, well, that's probably more likely to make them go do what you don't want them to do, sadly. Yeah. Uh, so then, actually, I wanted to then, kind of my next note is on another performance. I actually want to commend the actress playing Giselle because her, during the interrogation with, when Rambo goes and finds her, her uh, performance, and I think it's well written too, but her performance is a liar and a relatively young one extremely believable. I mean, yeah, I the, the mannerisms and just the, the way it's written in terms of, you know, her, her trying to cover her tracks. I can't, you know, I, I didn't highlight any of the lines in particular, but all of them, you know, well, she, having she, some younger people who aren't uh, honest with me, very, very okay. <laughs> frequently. You're familiar with these. Tactics. Very familiar with, yes, the tactics in terms mannerism, all that stuff. I'm like, I feel like I've seen this movie before. She's doing a f- like a great job of being somebody who is not who is dishonest a lot and is is squirming because her story is not holding up well. I think the actress did a great job. Yeah, what'd she say? Where you know Rambo's just like she left without saying goodbye, and she's like, "What? I was drunk. It happens." Like you all, know, just all that kind of stuff. Right? The story keeps kind of changing and falling apart, and she's making excuses, and you know nothing's her fault like all of that stuff uh, if you have somebody who is dishonest a lot you, those markers they're there a lot she did she did a great and it's written very believably yeah i think her character in general you you get the sense of a lot without being told a lot right yeah. like you know because you kind of go like how are is, is this girl and gabrielle how are they friends but like presumably you know giselle unclear how long she's been back in mexico but you know you get thrown in this environment and you kind of just have to survive and she's, you know, not to excuse what she did, but it's like, cause it seems clear that she, like we said earlier, she had intent. Oh yeah. She's a, she's not, she's not virtuous. That's but, for sure. But she's, you know, saying stuff like I have to live down here. Like she's telling Rambo, like, you know, uh, she's not really trying he to didn't care in the least, no, by no. the way. I mean, it's it seems that, that, that bracelet, okay. especially the knife comes out. Right? <laughs> that, that Rambo knife. Uh, Very much in the table between them. Yes. Yeah, I don't have a ton more. I mean, there's there's one moment that I thought was interesting. It's just it's a little detail, so let's talk about it in little details. But when they first introduced the Martinez brothers, and I think it's when Hugo arrives and he's walking up the steps to that to that house in the hill, and there's just a little shot of like a face painted on the steps. And I don't oh know yeah, if there was any kind of significance to that. And it's just like it's interesting that they dwell on this. Maybe it was just there, and they thought like this is an interesting detail. Let's I think it's probably the latter that it happened to be like public art or whatever, and they thought it, you know it looked good. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I did I did notice that and did remember it. I didn't have it in my notes. I just I, I, maybe I, I was going like, does this have significance that I'm not aware of? This is some kind of cultural thing. But I, yeah, probably it was just uh, someone painted it and the filmmakers thought, yeah. like, oh, that was cool. Yeah, I really don't have much else other than because uh, we covered most. Because we're talking about the security <laughs> stronger at the clubhouse, we covered that. But I I want to thank um, uh, was it Hugo then? I guess the the. The guy who's there at the end. Is yeah, at the end, Hugo. Yes. Yeah. So Hugo Martinez, I want to thank him for five to the bar and the rest with me. Because what I said is that makes the body count for that portion <laughs> very, very easy. <laughs> um, at least the barn ones, not necessarily the rest with me. I didn't validate my count against oh. what he said. So I'll, I'll be it's validated. Here's why. Because they don't completely follow his orders. The five to the barn, two go to the house, oh. three go to the barn. Okay, yeah, I definitely remember there being three. Yeah, so it's and two and three. Gasoline two. contraption. <laughs> we'll get to all that later. I all I can think of with that, I'm just going to say it now. I was thinking of Millhouse talking about the different kinds of sprinklers. <laughs> you know that crazy one goes... That's all I can think of when gas think of came out. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, all right, so I, I, that's all I have really for little details. So All right, so I mean, I, I've got a few more I just want to cover... There's a scene, there's one of the Gabrielle scenes where they're showing what she, what's going on in this awful, but um, the one thing, I, <laughs> my note was just like, th- these scenes are all gross and I hate them. But on the bright side, we get a close-up of Ram- John Rambo's driver's license. So <laughs> naturally, I wrote all of that down. Please give me the details. And so I can tell you where, whether his house oh, is how cl- close it is to the border. To the border. It's yeah. not particularly close. It's like, because Arizona is kind of like a big rectangle. Yep. And it's kind of like way to the east and like halfway down. Okay, so, so close like, to Tucson? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's probably like I don't know, a hundred miles from the border. Yeah. Maybe so like eighty it, miles, not not close. You would have to rewrite it, but I think yeah. I I gave two alternatives, and the second alternative would still work, which is she witnessed something she wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Makes it back to. I mean, obviously, they could have put his house anywhere. I mean, yeah. the only reason why I, I just happened to <laughs> pause, you, of course, because there were no newspapers to go and confirm, so you got the driver's license. Yes, but yeah, I'll, I'll take a driver's license. Something <laughs> I could pause on and write down. I'm going to do it. Anyway, John Rambo, 153 Kinshasa Street, Bowie, Arizona. It's not a real address. There's no Kinshasa Street in Bowie, Arizona, but Bowie is a real town. It's a small town. It's like 500. Um, oh, I have it here. Um, of course 20, you do. 2010 census, the population was 449. And then I wrote, this town is too unimportant for the Wikipedia entry to have updated the 2020 data. <laughs> <laughs> no one's even bothered updating. That's funny. Um, anyway, his driver's license was issued March 1st, 2016. Date of birth, 12-4-1950. So I, then the growth chart, he would have been five. Five. Saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it, uh, that's plausible. Yeah, the, definitely plausible. I know, like it's been established that John. He even says in this movie when he was seventeen, he he volunteered or whatever. Like he yeah. lied about his age or whatever. Because um, I think we we sussed that out in uh, Rambo Two, where it's like these dates, the way these dates work out, he was in the war in twenty seventeen. And I think that that pretty much you know, born nineteen fifty, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. I just noted that the driver's license was issued March 1st and his date of birth is December. I'm going like, is this the first driver's license he's ever gotten? Why didn't he renew near his birthday? He was always walking around. I mean, that's how he got in trouble yeah. in the first place. He was just wandering the earth, walking around. I think it's totally plausible. This is the first time he's ever had a driver's license in his life. Um, anyway, so that's his driver's license. Uh, and then let's get to... I. I uh, documented the whole like gearing up sequence where he's getting his house prepared. I documented every single thing that he does. Let's blast through. Let's do it. Just they really accumulate just a volume of of stuff. It's a 
for a very for an eighty minute movie, a lot of time and money or an effort went into gearing up. Well, that's the thing. If we weren't two minutes after a character being like brutally assaulted and and dying from a heroin overdose, which but we we skipped over the fact that like they we're gonna make an example out of her because Rambo, you tried to come and rest. So yeah. it's it's kind of his fault that she died. The, the movie never really addresses it. He doesn't feel yeah. any guilt about it. I guess he doesn't know. Um, anyway, so if, if it wasn't two minutes after that, we'd be like, you know, like think of all the you know the gear up scenes and scenes and command. Command. We yes. talked out every every time Arnold had a gear up sequence, we went crazy. You know, we talk about it for five minutes, and here it's like we don't even want to talk about it because it came so shortly after this horrible thing. Um, that's just what a miscalculation this movie makes. Anyway, but let's talk. Let's pretend like it was a fun gear up scene. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through all this stuff. Ditches filled with gasoline, electronics of some kind, trap doors, a cement mixer filled with gasoline suspended from. A barn roof. (laughs) That's the millhouse sprinkler. I think that's. Oh, I guess the 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 cement mixer empties into the sprinkler. I guess that makes sense because I was just I I wasn't sure. I don't know if it's a sprinkler. That's just what I thought of when it started spraying it everywhere. Some kind of contraption that sprays gasoline from above. Um, he's custom making bullets. He's got anti-tank mines lined into the ceiling of the tunnel. <laughs> he's got tiger pits with sharpened rebar at the bottom. He weakens the tunnel supports. Yep. He's got shotguns mounted to trip wires. He's got a log with nails poking out of them on a spring-loaded trap. He's got hand-whittled <laughs> wooden spikes on another spring-loaded trap. Bigger boards with bigger nails. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like Ewoks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Just run around, yub yub. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I don't think I'm halfway done. A sharpened metal pitchfork, a pole that he can shove through a clay wall. That's my favorite. <laughs> a hand handmade metal tipped arrows, non explosive. I noted. No explosive arrows in this movie. He, he doesn't access those. You think he'd have a few of those yeah, still laying call around? Call a favor and get some explosive arrows. Uh, hidden trap doors, boards of spikes at the bottom of a pit, a pump-action rifle stashed above a door frame, another one hidden in a cubbyhole, a crossbow trip, uh, rigged to a tripwire, an uh, anti-personnel mine, bullets just slotted into holes in the ground, <laughs> which I don't understand. Um, and then he's sharpening a knife. He's got another rifle with a scope. He starts sharpening the machete from the fourth movie. And then finally he's shooting, uh, playing cards with arrows, strategically placed because he somehow knows where Hugo's arms and legs will be. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna resurrect one of mine. I I have in here. I hope the Silk Cozart Corner talks about the statistical odds of nailing four playing cards with a bow and arrow bo- arrow from a very very far distance. Oh, he's Rambo. I buy that. What I don't buy is that he planned it so meticulously that he knew he'd be able to pin Hugo's arms and legs in those four spots because that's that's why he's practicing that because his plan is to pin him to the wall and cut out his heart. <laughs> How did he know Hugo would be standing? He has that plan. That's his plan. He knew Hugo would be standing. I mean, I guess that he, he, because the, the, like Kevin Callister, he knew he was going to fall for, because I've got it here. I've got the devil's advocate. I asked, uh, well, we'll wait, we'll get to there. I I think that it is plausible because I think that Hugo Martinez doesn't want to go run back through the fun house and get all tore up. Well, to be fair, he he does, Rambo does force him out of that one particular hatch because he's like, follow the lights if you want to live and then the whole, all the tunnels explode. Yes, explode. So he had planted all, explosives all over those tunnels. Yes. Whether he did that recently or whether those have always been there, I, would, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if like oh, as I, he's digging, he's putting explosives like, I got, I, I'm, one day I'm going to want to cave these in. I was just saying, I think it is very safe to say that yes, he was. It was a content. He had that contingency plan ready <laughs> yes, from day that was one, built into the tunnel plans from the <laughs> yes. beginning. Yeah. Anyway, I have one final little detail, and we can move on. All right. That is, as I mentioned, I went and I checked to see 
how whether this is the shortest credits of this movie roll at one minute or one hour 19 minutes 28 seconds so they couldn't even get to 120 and i was like how long is rambo 4 rambo 4 credits roll at one hour 20 minutes 49 seconds so even shorter than the ridiculously short rambo colon the four yeah those are some short movies that's for sure all right so that's all i got for little details all right no that's that's all i got i am ready for the devil's advocate let's do it i want to ask you a bunch of questions and i want to have them answered immediately all right, Devil's Advocate, this is the segment of the show where we ask each other questions and do our best to answer them. You want to go first or you want me? Uh, you go first because right. my, my notes are not organized and i got to find them. No problem. All right, so I will preface this one by saying I know the movie will not exist without it, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Why didn't the adults in the room realize the danger of Gabrielle going on her own down to Mexico when she says, I want to go meet with my birth father and just offer to go with her. I realize like the whole movie doesn't exist, but I think it's a plausible or, you know, plausible question to ask, you know, if John thinks it's so dangerous, why doesn't John just go with her? Yeah, I think, I don't think this movie is putting too fine a point in it, but I do think this movie's point of view is basically like, it's dangerous for any of us to go down there. Like, look, there are definitely parts of Mexico that are incredibly dangerous. It's not made up. Um, But I, I, I think the movie is basically saying like nobody should ever go to Mexico okay. ever, right? All right, I think that's kind of how it feels to me. I don't know, maybe I'm projecting on I this movie it. where there's no intent there, but I agree. Like, you know, obviously, it's better than. I think to a degree, it's the movie saying, "Look, this is the first person he's ever really cared for, probably since his parents. If who knows what his parents? Yeah. yeah, I don't think that relationship was particularly healthy because he was avoiding them for forty years or whatever. And he joined, you know, the army at seventeen, right? right? So I think a lot of it is just like he loves her and maybe he's being too trusting. He he takes her at her word that she's not going to go and he's just That's like, fair. That's fair. You know, better her. He, she, he thinks, well, she's not going now, so I don't have to worry about it. It was somewhat of an unfair question, but you did a good job answering an unfair question. Because yeah, look, it, the movie doesn't, it doesn't happen unless she goes. So, yeah. I mean, I agree it would have been, it would have been a good idea. I mean, especially, uh, I expected her birth father to be revealed to be part of this criminal organization right i so, can see that yeah which is why i kind of was glad i was saying earlier i'm glad he's just a normal bad yeah. guy and not a movie bad guy yeah. well i rambo knows her father knows what kind of guy he is so i mean i think if he was hooked in with the cartel in some way he'd probably know i think so because yeah. i was about to say like he probably doesn't want to even risk it but like he's just a normal guy so yeah they could have easily just gone talked to him and then left and been safe about it yeah that's now that you mentioned it yeah, if he was smarter, he probably he would have done that. Yeah. You're, you're right. This would have been wouldn't there have, wouldn't have been a movie. Wouldn't so. have been a movie. All right, what do you got up? What's first? We've ca- talked about so many of these that I'm not even sure I have anything left. Let me see. Oh, okay, well, I got a few, so we're we're good. We'll we'll have a segment here. Well, let, okay, let, here, I've I've got uh, two questions about the the scene. The, they're both about the scene uh, where Rambo goes up to the the, the house, the, play, the, the fun the, house. My first question is is just this: Rambo's gone into Mexico to rescue Gabrielle. Why is he even carrying his ID? I mean, I guess he oh. he needed to get across the border as I'm talking through it. <sighs> yeah, but that how, said, how, you how much do they really check when you're going into Mexico? Well, so I think he definitely needs it to be. I mean, you need a. Pa- I don't think you can just also, by the way, get over with a driver's oh, license. You, really? need, you need a passport to get into Mexico. Okay. You need a passport to get into Canada. That said, 
There's no reason for him to have it on him <laughs> right. physically, like as he's going around beating up guys. Yeah, when you're going and breaking collarbones, I probably don't want to have my ID on me, yeah, is my guess. So in the car, it least. is very much a fair point that yes, <laughs> passport and ID, Rambo definitely leave in the truck yeah, if you're right. planking on breaking collarbones and picking fights with a cartel. Yeah, so that's fair. What was your second part? Um, well, it's about Rambo's knife, which uh, Victor sees and is like, "Oh, nice blade." Yeah, he's yeah. very impressed with it, and he clearly keeps it. And uses it on Rambo and Gabrielle. Uh, on Gabrielle? Yeah. Okay, I don't think I picked up that he... He puts the, the mark on both of them. Oh, right. That's that's the knife he uses for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, my question, because we, we don't quite see what happens when Rambo gets his revenge on Victor. Um, does Rambo get his knife back? Uh, there's no proof that he gets his knife back. There's no... I don't remember there being any proof, but I think you need, Rambo needed to use that knife to be able to do the damage that he did to Victor's head. I think Rambo did it. He got that knife back, and that's what he used. Because it looks like that's the knife he's using at the end with yeah, Hugo. I, I think so. So with his Mortal Kombat move. So. <laughs> I think so. I think, it's, I, I think it's also plausible that... Uh, Victor liked it enough that it was just laying around the the very very poorly protected house. That's why I, f- I feel like the movie was missing that shot. Like he Rambo creeps into the bedroom and he looks in the dresser and there's his knife just like yeah. reunited. Yeah, you're right. It should have been well established and you shouldn't have to jump to the conclusion that he he found it. There. Both four and because this is an iconic knife. I mean, it basically is that serrated knife that's in two and three that was yep. like this iconic thing. And remember we talked in Rambo four about how like. There was a deleted scene where he throws away the knife, which is why he has to forge the giant machete <laughs> to replace it. And they cut that out of the movie. And now here it is. Presumably, this is the knife from two and three that Victor gets. And it's like the, the movies. It's interesting how this series doesn't treat that knife as the piece of iconography that like the marketing does. You know, yeah. like as far as the marketing is turned, like this is Rambo's knife. It's, it's the most important thing. And the movie's yes. like, what? Who cares? It's j- that's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. Uh, all right, so my next one is uh, another Giselle. And so my question is, I think we established uh, first, so a statement before the question, I think we established that there was at least some level of plan that Giselle had. Now, whether or not you know she knew how far and how bad it was going to get, uh, there was some premeditation. So here's my question. What was her plan? What was Giselle's plan if the meeting with Gabrielle's father went well? Because... The way it plays out, she's like, "Oh, let's you know, you know, you gotta calm down. Let's let's go to this club." So, what's her plan if the meeting goes well? I got an answer for that. And I, that's, um, right. I mean, we're answering the questions luckily because I don't have the we have no case button, unfortunately. But we're answering <laughs> these questions. Um, I think she would have gone, "Hey, you've re- reunited with your father. That's great. Let's go celebrate." Celebrate. All right, that's fair. I walked into that one. I should have thought about yeah. that. That basically her plan works, good or bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go drinking. Yeah. Well, I, I have things got you down. Let's go drinking. Feeling good. Let's go drinking. The cause of and solution to, to all of all life problems. problems. I mean, I had a question. Well, because in terms of the premeditation, I think my sense is that she knows pretty much everything because she does. She asks the question and then plays it off when they first reunite. She's like, oh, so is he still a virgin? And I'm like. In hindsight, yeah. how much of that is, you know... A, you know, a very specific question yes, for a reason. Because yeah. that could be changing what she's getting paid for this, for instance. Like, it's yeah. awful to talk about. But, I mean, it's... I think that probably is there so that in hindsight you go, like, oh, she knew. Yeah, she knew I think you're right. She knew what was going on. I think you're right. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't mean to end the segment on that note. Oh, that's all right, so no, because I have a few more questions, okay, so good. that's all right. Okay, oh, I, I have one more question, so I, I realized okay. we still haven't talked about something. So all right. You go, you go ahead. 
All right. So my next question is another Giselle question. At first, I, I amended it. So at first, I said, "Why? Why would Giselle call Gabrielle's family in the first place?" But I, I think I knew the answer to that one, which is she needed to have some sort of cover story because eventually somebody's gonna be like, "She didn't come home." Yeah, but Ram- Rambo even says that to her, like, yeah. "You called to cover your own ass." Yeah. Whatever. But here's my question: <laughs> When she called with the story to cover her ass, why did she give them her real address? <laughs> because well, Gabrielle went down there by herself, right, and presumably didn't didn't leave a note with the address. Why would you give John? I mean, she might not know, you know, Rambo's history, but it's like, if you're, if this was premeditated and you were a part of this, there's no way I'm calling with a BS story to try and get you to leave, you know, yeah, to, to cover some tracks. But my question is, why would she give him her, his, give John his, her real address? I didn't think about it. I mean, I guess I, I wouldn't assume that she gave an address. I would assume that Gabrielle had, the address, you know, somewhere written down or in, in like a notebook or whatever. Okay. Um, that, that's probably plausible. Because she had to know where you know, her friend moved to. Um, my my question, actually, now that we're talking through it is. Okay. Yeah, she called the, to, to cover herself, but they didn't even know that she was in Mexico. Like Gabrielle was in Mexico. Now, granted, they would have assumed if she. she when she know, didn't come home. She doesn't come home. They probably would have figured it out. Um, but. If uh, Giselle hadn't called to confirm, you know, they probably wouldn't have 100% known where yeah. she'd gone. Or, yeah, they probably, he, Rambo probably still goes to. Yeah, probably fires. still jumps to that conclusion eventually, but you're right. It makes it very apparent and easy to say, oh, I know where she went because you called. Yeah. yeah. And it, it would basically would have been a dead end. He goes and sees the father and he's like, I don't know where she is. She came and then, then she left. And then where does Rambo go from there? He's got nowhere to go. Yeah. So he'd Giselle, have no case. Exactly. So Giselle uh, kind of led to her own destruction there. Well, I mean, yeah. she survived. She somehow, you know, I mean, if she was complicit, she deserved way worse than she got. That's for yeah. Sure. She's probably the one who gets off the easiest in the yeah. movie oh, for yeah. sure. All right. What's your what's your final question? I I've got maybe two more, but uh, only one probably for sure. Well, my final question is about the very end of the movie. So okay. I don't know if we should save it or. All right. Well, I'll let you go last, and I'll do one more. Um, so this actually has to do with some of the Home Alone sequence okay. uh, and the henchmen. And maybe this is just a henchman in general question on action movies. But so you get the, the like the first, they, they have, I don't know, six, seven trucks. They're bombing their way through on the ranch. You know, some are actually on the road. Others are not. Yeah. The first one through hits, you know, some trap explodes and there's like a wall of flames. Yeah, so from the ditches full of gasoline. From the ditches it. full of gasoline. Here's my question for the henchmen. Why don't some of them at some point just say, all right, this is not going to go well. I am I'm just turning around. We need a new plan. Why would they continue forward when it's very clear they're walking into, if not Kevin McAllister's house, they're clearly walking into a trap. Yeah, it would have been nice if there was any other character that had a speaking part to, to tell um, the, <laughs> Yes, to give him, this is a really bad idea. Hey, you're like, look, what, look at this guy. Look at this. This is nuts. There's tunnels. Like, just the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, tunnels. Let's go in the tunnels. Right. Like, what are you, crazy? <laughs> What kind of a man has tunnels dug all in his house? Like Correct. You know? And it's obviously clear he's going to know the terrain better than you, no yeah. matter what. Because I don't think you do. You're, I, in your daily life, are you going through tunnels? No, nobody is. And it would have, you know, it would have been nice if, uh, if if there was a character who was just like, Hugo, we got to, you know, figure out another There's way to be get a better this way. Right. Yeah. And maybe Hugo just shoots him, like, for yeah. for being disobedient or whatever. But if it was, the, if the point was, like, Hugo is destroyed by his need for revenge... 
in the same way that Rambo is being destroyed by you know like they're, these are both men who are just so being so consumed by revenge they're they're throwing themselves into their own self destruction that would have been interesting but no he's just like they're just kind of they're all just goons that have no, I, no point of I, yeah, view they're just I mean, there to be killed and that's what it always is in action movies like this because you need that but I I just there's always a part of me on some of these that just wants like one or two yeah like smart guys are like no this this clearly isn't going my way I'm I'm gonna just go ahead and sidle right out of here doesn't that happen in one of the John Wicks oh no I'm thinking of Iron Man three <laughs> there's a moment in Iron Man three where the goon guy's just like I never liked these people they're nuts like I I always thought they were nuts and he's walks away yeah more movies need stuff like that it's sort of like yeah you want that or or almost like some of the stormtroopers in in a star wars property just like yeah this this clearly didn't know this is this isn't ending well for a few i'm out of here yeah just like drop your materials and just i'm out of here nope well it's you know i one thing we talked about uh when we were talking about uh the suicide squad is the fact that every character has like a feels three-dimensional as a point of view like this this movie even like the main characters the Martinez brothers don't really seem three-dimensional. They're no. just, they're just, uh, you know, horrible men who are just, you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're just bad guys, and that's it. Not that I want, to, you know, human traffickers to be given some kind of like, you know, three-dimensional. I, I think it would be difficult, to, right, to to come up with a justification. But it, yeah. it also it it takes away from whatever sense of satisfaction where there would be. I mean, I you know I've said it many times, and people who are listening to this episode probably have listened to most of the episodes this probably isn't the first one you're picking up but i to me if you an action movie it can't work without a good villain it just the, the ones that separate and i think become great movies and not just great action movies are the ones that happen to have a great actor or a, you know just a great you know written villain when you have something like that I, there's there's no investment because they're the fo- there's there's no rivalry there's there's nothing to them they're just yeah, evil beings, and there's there is no I, I, there's no sense of satisfaction because it doesn't feel like there's any dimension to it whatsoever. Yeah, and they, and they tried to have the scene where Rambo meets them, so that they have they tried to make it more personal, but they don't have any kind of like conversation. He cuts no. off Veen his 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 cheek, and they beat the crap out of him. That's it. Um, anyway, I'll get All to right. my last question. All right, so in the rocking chair. Uh, yeah, in the rocking chair. That's exactly right. Because um, I was talking, you know, I had said, like, it would be interesting if Hugo and R- Rambo were both kind of, their need for revenge was responsible for each of their self their destruction. I don't know what we're supposed to take from this ending, because Rambo was shot a couple of times, like once in the side and once in, like, a shoulder. Yep. Um, and he's bleeding a lot, and he kind of, like, you know, hauls his way out to this rocking chair as we get, like, a voiceover of him being like, everyone I knew was no ghosts or whatever. And he just... Is sitting there in the rocking chair and there's a big like uh, I don't know if it's a crane shot or like a drone shot, pulling out, <clears throat> and then we get a, lo- a lot of like really nice footage, like artificially slowed down of the first of all five movies, right? Yep. Like they, they they kind of like did like the frame interpolation thing, or they kind of took the footage and artificially slowed it down. But it's nice. It's it's nice to get like a recap. You know, this is the final blood. This is last blood. last blood. It should have been final blood. Final blood's a better title. I agree. Um, Anyway, this is Last Blood. So obviously this is like, here's a recap. Here's all five, you know, Rambo movies and clips from them. And here's kind of our... our Summary. Summary, yeah, of the whole series. Uh, And then it cuts to Rambo. You know, it it covers Last Blood. And you see the same kind of slowed down sequences from Last Blood. Then it cuts to him getting out of the rocking chair and getting on a horse and riding off into the distance. And seeming kind of fine. 
as we're pulling away, it looks like, oh, Ram- Rambo's dying. Yeah, right? in the rocking chair die. for sure. Yep. But then he gets on the horse and right away. Is, is that supposed to be metaphorical because he's riding off into the sunset? So, or is that supposed to be literal? Because so many people online are just like, well, he didn't die. He got on that horse and he rode away. I'm just like, I don't think that actually happened. <laughs> so I don't know about the people online. Here's what I took it as. And maybe this is the reason why I opened the show. And maybe subconsciously made the connection, you know, just from the trailer to Logan. I, I suspect... That very much, it's, you know, Logan was pretty heavy handed in literally having Shane, you know, show in the movie, um, the movie within the movie. I think it is the riding off into the sunset. No, I do not think that he <laughs> survived and just rode away on a horse. I, the movie's more interesting if he dies at the end. Yeah. I, and I mean, I, I, I guess maybe you have that scene that if you really feel like you needed to make another one, despite the fact you do, you said this is last blood, maybe that is why that choice was made. But I think no, metaphorically he's riding off to the sunset. No, it's, it, it was his last ride. Sort of like what I thought the movie was going to have more of a tone of, yeah. of Logan, which was very heavily influenced by Shane. That's what I thought it was going to be. And so, yes, the very ending, I'm like, well, this, I was, <laughs> I would have been okay had they not made that choice because if you just leave him in the rocking chair, I you know it's a, I guess a little ambiguous, but not much. I mean, I, I don't in a town of now you're telling me 500. There's probably not <laughs> an EMT team, a crack EMT team in very close proximity. He was going to bleed out. Well, and also kind of to your point earlier, talking about Gabrielle, just like what does Rambo have to live for? It's like I don't think he would even seek medical attention at that point. He's no. he's right. gotten his revenge, and now right. it's like all he has left to do is die. Right? right. Like I, he, what else? Why bother? Why bother going on? Right. He didn't have much to look forward to prior to kind of going home and finding this family, and now it's lost. And you know, he's not a twenty-year-old person or a thirty. I mean, he's. Yeah. Right, he, surrogate or no, he can't. He's not going to start another. He's family. not starting over, right? Yeah. So no, I, I, I think your interpretation is the correct one. Um, I just feel like so many people watch a movie like this and are just incapable of understanding that not everything on a screen is literal. Like you know, like it's oh, he rode off on the horse. He's going to go off on more adventures. No, like uh, haven't that you makes ever? This, this movie, which is already very flawed, deeply flawed. <laughs> if you at least d- d- can't give him the benefit of closure then there's what a are reason, we even doing there's a reason why it's called riding off into the sunset yeah if if, if rambo rides off and is fine then literally <laughs> what's the point of anything like gee this uh, i i don't understand that mentality of just like i, I think probably just people hoping yeah that they might want another yeah. one for whatever reason but anyway i'm not in that camp i am good that this in my view, closes out the series or the, the character. I mean, it's not a satisfying way to close out the series, but, you know, after this, you can't do anything else. I, you can't the, go back. The, the title alone, but, I mean, also just the content, everything. You can't. There's nothing more you could do. Uh, I think there, there have been rumblings about a prequel series. But okay, well, see, to me, though, that more from the franchise, to me, a prequel is, is different than... Yeah. Well, what's funny is the thing I was reading, I don't know if this is Stallone doing it or whoever, I think, well, Lionsgate released this. I don't know if they own the, the rights to the, the character. But when I was seeing it, you, you would think, oh, a prequel set in Vietnam. Okay, but no, I think this is a prequel of like him in high school. <laughs> He's like a high school, like the football quarterback and stuff. <laughs> it's like Smallville for Rambo. <laughs> That's what I, so maybe I, they were laying the seeds there when I maybe. saw that opening scene and I thought it might have been Smallville. Yeah. 
Smallville, Arizona. Are you serious? I don't know. I forget where I read that. But I'm, that's one of those things. Those, that'll never happen. I know. There's no market for just, that. Just the fact that somebody might have cooked it up. Yeah, we should get them in high school. What? Why? That's someone who owns the rights being like, how do we wring more out of this? And they're trying to find an angle. It's like, <laughs> Anything plausible. The people who are coming for Rambo are not going to want to watch this high school drama and vice versa, right? So it's, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. All right. The Silk Cozart. Oh, yeah. Yes, my finger hit the button earlier than I was expecting. Internet research <laughs> corner, which I didn't do anyway, so we can just move on. Okay. Where normally I would do some research on the internet. It's an 80-minute movie. It's a Rambo. Like, what else do we have to talk about? What else is there to look up? Touche. I don't even remember you, what I did in the other episodes, but they, there's nothing left. You you, brought, you you looked up a lot just getting the population of the, the town. So that in itself was probably the Silk Cozart well, corner. Well, that's just me pausing on the driver's license and being like, oh, is this the real town? I had to, I had, I had to look that stuff up. So, Fair yeah, enough. I guess we, I did do a little bit of internet research. But All right. You ready to, ready to get to the segment of why we're here? Yeah. So let's move on to the body count. This movie, we only killed 48 people compared to the last one where we killed 119. All right, so this is why we're here, uh, the body count. Uh, I don't know, do we need to go through these? Because there are a couple that I had questions of whether or not it was just maiming or, or, or a death blow. Oh, I don't, I think anybody, are you talking about the hammer? Yes. The, the <laughs> I think if someone's hitting the head. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the DJ 3000. <laughs> It's hammer. I'm talking like literally, like so. You think was the hammer to the nuts? I mean, that that clearly was very, very painful and damaging. But is that a death blow? I counted hammer to the head equals dead. Okay, <laughs> if it's hanging in brown. You're in cider town. <laughs> Not to be confused with bullet to the head. It's hammer to the head. hammer to the head. They're dead. Hammer to the groin, no, they survive. In I bad can't. shape, but not dead. I was trying to find a rhyme. <laughs> Hammer to the head, you're definitely dead. Hammer to the groin, go rest your loins. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I, I only counted hammers to the head. Okay. Yeah, then I think one guy got to the stomach, a hammer to the stomach. Uh, yeah, and so that one too, so that, that one... I don't think you're, you're a no. Okay, I think I, that one I was a little more, because it seemed like he might have gotten a couple of hits... The, the guy that got into the stomach, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I figure, you know, getting hit with a hammer anywhere in your body would hurt a lot, but it's not going to be lethal unless you're getting hit it's in the funny head. It's funny as my note, this isn't funny, but it is, I just, my note, I assume a hammer to the head is a death. Yes, I also, that's, okay. well, what's, what's your, if we have the same number... I have five for, for that sequence. Oh, I, I don't have, I mean, I can get it, but I mean, I have my total. If our totals match, I don't know if we need to go through, but we can. Uh, okay, no, so I actually broke it down by each, and of course, I've done this before where I didn't total, like, I have a parenthetical after each sequence, I have them named as, uh, uh, like, the Kevin McAllister sequence, oh, the, the security team, <laughs> the security team was three, uh, and then, yeah, so I actually did not total them, but I'm, I only have four in that sequence now that I'm looking at it. Which one? The hammer? Yeah, with the hammer. Then I probably... Three, the, three the, guards and then one John I have as in the head. Oh, I think he got two Johns in the head. I only have one here. All I, mean, right. I, I can add one if you're sure. No, I'm not 100% sure because I may have included the guy who got it in the stomach. I, the, the hammer to the balls, I'm like, no, that, that guy probably, he he's in bad shape and never going to oh, be yeah. the same again, but yeah. I think he survived. I, I, I agree he survived. But yeah, four there. Okay. And then security team, you got three? Uh, let me scroll down to there. Where is my notes there? <laughs> oh, because after he's preparing the house. He does that first, then he goes back to Mexico. Yes, he does. Uh, okay, that's why I'm confused. Okay, so I have, at the end of the sequence, I have, I'm at seven, so yeah, three. 
Uh, and then and then Victor is yep he's number eight yep all right and then I I have I think including the the Kano wins I think I have thirty four during the tunnels Kevin McAllister sequence what, uh, what I have I have thirty three because I ended up at forty one all right so I, I'm gonna go with yours because we're only one off so it very well could be. Oh, you know what? I gave. Uh, did you give any in the the car that I referenced in my question? Oh yes, the car is a problem. I I assumed these were full, like I think for the most part four guys got out. Of okay, so we are, we had the, then somewhere else we're off by one because I assumed there was four guys in that one. It's probably I think in other episodes or like during Arnold we didn't assume anybody other than a driver, but it was pretty clear like all the oh, rest yeah. of those had at least four guys. They're not going to just bring a car with one guy. It's going to be as <laughs> well, full as possible. That's just a wasted car at that point. Yeah, I think we made the right assumptions. I okay. mean, we're, we're on the same page. Alright, so what's your total? Because we're, we're going to go with yours. I, I'm, we're close enough. Well, you're, I'm missing one compared to you in at the brothel, and I'm missing one compared to you at the end, so we can uh, add one no, and just kind of split the difference. The brothel, for sure, I know, I, I'm I'm 99% sure it's, there's a gut shot one, and I think I counted that one. Okay. So if anything were one off, we're gonna go with you because you've you've got the spreadsheet, so that makes you the official arbiter. We're, okay. we're going with well, your my number. number was forty one, so if we're going right. with that, we're going with that. Yep. Um, but it's an interesting number because as we've you know we're comparing Arnold Schwarzenegger's body count to Sylvester Stallone's, Arnold had a total body count of five hundred and forty seven, and if we count forty one here, that puts Sylvester Stallone at five hundred and forty five. He still two, hasn't no one taken him. Two behind. And here's the thing. I mean, there's a couple. There's, there's Samaritan. I don't know if Samaritan, if he's killing anyone that, or if he's like, a, a, you know, like if he's like Batman, Batman or doesn't yeah, kill anybody. Yeah. And other than that, I don't know if there's really any action movies left in, on the list. Oh, man. So, Could you imagine if he didn't actually overtake him? I mean, look, Expendables 4 is coming. <laughs> so he's going to make it then. But as far as the scope of this podcast, he may not make it. I mean, it is so close. So you're telling me he doesn't get anybody in Creed 2 since I haven't seen it. I mean, Rocky doesn't. He's not killing anybody. No. Um, even though he's not a big fan of uh, Ivan Drago. I mean, if there's no. anybody in the in the <laughs> world that but Rocky would be willing to kill, it might be yeah, Ivan Drago. Drago. Anyway, so this is... Wow, um, I'm surprised he still hasn't overtaken them. Especially with the yeah. Expendables. There's just so many. In, at least Expendables 2. I know. I mean, that's the only thing keeping him in, in the running, I think. But anyway, he's now at a... This is 52 movies, 545 on the body count, average of 10.48. So he's, he's knocked up his average quite a bit. But, but it'll be getting knocked down because, yeah, there's a couple of dramas or whatever left that there's probably not going to be anything. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's coming down to the wire. He's down, He's behind by two. Yeah. So I'm glad that at least there's drama in the body count. <laughs> After all these years of doing this, this is the whole premise of this podcast. Thank God. At least it's not a runaway, right? Exactly. One way or the other. It's not, it's not a foregone conclusion yet. I mean, we'll see. When, once he crosses over, then it's like, well, okay. <laughs> these last now six episodes, we we'll, we'll keep counting, but we know who the winner is. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's move on. And also, in theory, we're supposed to maybe do another action star. So if nothing else, he's adding to oh, the yeah, total. We need so. to get the total, yeah, for yep, future use. Exactly. All right. So uh, you ready? Uh, you ready for the award? I mean, as perfunctory as it is, yes. It's John Rambo. <laughs> John Rambo wins the award. Go ahead and explain the award. <laughs> the, the award is the character inanimate object 
uh, philosophy. I, we've had a lot of different things. We've we've awarded the Wrecking Crew Award too, which is the uh, award for whoever, whatever, whatever concept wrecked the most shop. Maybe in other episodes we've also suggested this. I just had because you immediately went to John Rambo. I said the award should just be named after John Rambo. Yes, we've said that every time we've covered a Rambo movie, we've said we should just rename this the Rambo Award because there. This movie in particular, there really is like no alternative because there's not another army or something. Right. But even if so, I, there's just no way. It's I, the perfunctory. It's John Rambo. I wish I had done this. Let's do this right now because I have the spreadsheet up. What percentage of the kills are belong to Rambo? So only one non-Rambo kill in this movie, and it's the the one that is awful. Uh, okay, in the fourth one, oh, so Rambo had sixty-seven. Oh, total body is a one eighty-one. So actually, he had a pretty small percentage. Small, yeah. but I mean, uh, you know, well, that's because that he was part of like a mercenary. There was other mercenaries on that, yeah. on that run. So that's part of the. They're they're why. doing a lot of damage in that yeah. movie. Okay, Rambo three. Where's oh here it is. A little more than half. Yeah, sixty-eight out of one twenty-one. Yep. Uh, Rambo two. Where's Rambo two? There it is. 58 out of 69. So that's most of them in Rambo 2. Yes. And then First Blood doesn't have a lot. Where's his First Blood? One out of one. And that was accidental. I yeah. remember us even arguing we went whether, back and whether forth. we should count. Yeah. So, okay. So, actually, not as high of a percentage. I mean, I'm, like, I'm not going to do the totals, but. But the sheer number, it's a lot. So it might as well be the John Rambo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I, honestly, I think we've also said this. John Matrix is the only. It's the Johns. They're the only. They, it, should, it should be named. The John Award. That's really what it should be between Matrix and John Rambo. It cl- yeah. They clearly always wreck the most shop. I could just imagine Troutman being John. <laughs> make that you know, insert that into the song. <laughs> Can you imagine a crew that is just the Johns? Just put John Matrix and John Rambo and send them on a mission and see what happens. Yeah, John Wick. <laughs> You're right. That's all. Well, of case closed. Never mess with a John. Pretty much what it comes down to now, that almost makes it perfunctory that if we do another, it has to be Keanu, just so that we can literally rename this award to the John Award. The John Award, yeah, that's true. Because by default, John wrecks the most shop. You're right, don't ever pick a fight with somebody named John. Didn't Arnold also have another John that did a lot? Maybe I'm... uh... If you want to really keep going through this, John McClane. Honestly, it really is. Just don't pick a fight with a John. I'd say his body count probably can't hang with those guys. But it can't. You know, but in terms of like Bruce Willis, I mean, almost probably for sure of his movies, right? John. But also, Die Hard's four and five go t- to the extreme. extreme. And yeah. you know, I, I have not seen five. I've seen four. I don't remember. I, you know, they get more more like Commando as time goes as on. Each one goes on, and, and not necessarily in a good way. Um, but no, I the, now that we've really flushed this out, this obviously should just be the John Award. Okay. They always wreck the most shop. Well, you know, when we get past alone, they'll maybe consider uh, changing the jingle. All right. That's uh, like your favorite jingle, though. So it is. You, you did a really good job with that one. <laughs> I was pretty the, proud the of The fact that Walter Peck is every single time I hear it, it just makes me smile. Well, that was just for you. I mean, it, it, once it popped in my head, I was like, well, I have to do that now. <laughs> Mr. Right. Pecker up here. <laughs> Let's uh, rate this movie. Let's do it. Punching car accident victim. No, 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 you don't understand. He was bad mouthing my film. All right, the Rocky rating. This is where we rate the movie based on Rocky opponents from Apollo Creed to Spider Rico. Would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? Uh, you can go first. I have a feeling we're going to be pretty similar. I think so. I was I was torn. Um, you know, this is definitely not Spider Rico. I went Tommy Gunn, but I definitely could be convinced of a clubber Lang. Um, 
My my Wait, summary. There's, there's Mason Dixon in between. Oh yeah, I forgot about that Mason Dixon. Um, so it's actually probably between then for me a Mason Dixon and a Tommy Gunn. Um, okay. Even though it's not a hierarchy scale, there is Mason Dixon. It's in not between, a, in between. We've, we've had this argument. It's not a hierarchy <laughs> to you. It is to me. I, well, it obviously is because I said it's in between. So that's that's the joke. Is I'm, I've given up on <laughs> this non-hierarchical thing. So you know, I think for me, uh, it, it's unnecessarily gory. Um, but I did, I, like you, I actually said, but a part of me did enjoy the Kevin McAllister sequence and in a different context, it would have been fun. And so that's the reason why it's definitely not a bad movie and I can be convinced of a Mason Dixon. Um, but I, I think as I went through and it's maybe unfair, I was wanting and expecting more Logan and that's not what I got. And so to me, you know, th- this definitely isn't one that I, you know, probably ever watch again other than for for the podcast and so you know it's not terrible it certainly didn't deserve a 26 percent. didn't deserve an 81 percent. it's somewhere there in the middle i don't think that's not a reasonable expectation like i said earlier i think you know it, it sets itself up to be that kind of a movie and the first act of this movie sets itself up to be that kind of a movie and then it abandons it for for what it does yeah i'm giving it a mason dixon that's fair it is so frustratingly less than the sum of its parts because every third of this movie, like we talked about at the beginning, none of it fits together, you know, but at least the first and the third acts, you know, you can see a movie built around those differently, right? Like that ending action sequence, if you built it up right and if you really get me pumped up to be like, I cannot wait for Rambo to kill these guys, you feel that for the wrong reasons in this movie. As opposed to just being like, yeah, let's go. Like like a John Matrix, uh, you know. <laughs> it really is like a great gear-up sequence. It's just so put in the wrong context yeah. that you're not getting pumped up. It, Like I said, in a vacuum, that ending sequence I think would totally work. For, even with all the extreme violence. Because it starts to become comical. I mean, the it, guys fall down a pit of spikes, a sharpened rebar, and then he just shows up with a gun and starts shooting. He's, he's shooting the dead bodies full of bullets. It's it's absurd, but it's so not fitting. That moment doesn't fit with this movie no. and the tone of this movie, right? So if we had a movie that was closer to that tone, I would be way on board with that ending action sequence. We didn't talk about it, but I love the Doors song that he pumps through the speakers. Oh yeah, the little uh, little psychological warfare. Yeah, yeah I forgot about I that. I loved that, and I mean, it, it fits even though we never have ever heard about uh, Rambo talking about music that he likes or anything like that. Like, it makes it like, yeah, he would have <laughs> listened to the Doors in, in Vietnam, and yeah, exa- like you said, psychological warfare and just the the movie soundtrack isn't blasting it, but you get the sense that it's like deafening. Like, oh he's, yeah, he's for absolutely sure. trying to drown out his his, yes. um, you know, and using. The Doors is really, and it's like, I love that song. It's a, it's a relatively obscure do- door song that um, I've always liked, and it's just like perfect. And there's a there's a lyric in there like no one gets out of here alive, and, and the, it's like yeah, like in the right context, all this would be like I would be getting so pumped up. And the fact that I'm not is the biggest indictment you can give to this movie of just how are you blowing it? You're, you've got this this action sequence I really think would have worked. Um, or like I said, just more a little bit more more low key drama like the first act, and you know have some kind of action, but you no know, something more along the lines of Logan. Like I said, like, just it's frustrating how a lot of potential just missed opportunity. Every part of the movie lets down every other part of the movie, right? You know what I mean? It's it's it it, it feels like a team of like basketball players that are all being selfish for themselves. It's like every scene's out for itself. Iso iso. Yeah, every scene's out for itself, and no scene is supporting the movie as a whole. Um, it's really frustrating, but I mean, I still do think there are parts of this movie that in a vacuum work and are effective. 
just in the service of a terrible movie. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's only a Mason Dixon because the individual parts I think I like a lot. But if you were to say, okay, overall this movie I think it's, all right, it's so a it's a bad movie. Like, I think overall I think, it's a bad movie. I think you've convinced me though. I, I'm I'm gonna change mine. You've done this before, so I get to do it. I think you've convinced me it's a Mason Dixon. It it's a adequate movie. Uh it has some strengths, but it's not a great movie by any stretch. Um, change change some of the things we talked about. You, it still isn't going to be an Apollo Creed, but you probably get it right on the cusp. It's a better Mason Dixon at the very least, and probably Clubber Lang. If you change some of the problems of how you get from the first act to the third act, yeah, you change a couple of those points, and I think this is a lot more enjoyable of a movie to watch for sure. Yeah, and it's like you know, I never had. I always liked the Rambo movie, movies, but never had the kind of affection that I have for like Rocky, for instance. I was yeah. like, yeah, they're, they're fine. Like, you know, and so uh, I don't know how Rambo fans feel about this movie, but I get the sense that they're way more on board than we are. Because um, I don't know. I feel like if I was a bigger Rambo fan, I would be more let down. I'm just like, this is how they're ending This it. is how it finishes up. Yeah. yeah. With a, it's, it's, with a, not with a bang, but with a whimper. So. Um, so I guess we should end this episode yeah. with as much of a bang as we can, which it's your pick for, uh, the next episode. It is my pick. Uh, the pickings are getting slim. I was about to say the exact same thing. <sighs> Driven was a disaster, uh, but eh, fun disaster. in a way. I still, I still kind of liked DeMille, believe it or not. I, I was looking back when I was doing my notes on this one. I don't think Driven's going to be in the bottom 10 of the movies, the Sloan movies we've watched. I mean, probably, it was not, probably not. Good, not. But. Probably not. Um, I, have no, I literally have no idea what this one is going to be. Uh, I have decided we are headed to the newest of the new, or I guess the newest of the new. Uh, we're going to do, what, what is it, uh, Hancock meets Rorschach? I, I don't really know. I don't know much about it. We're, yeah, we're, we're going to do Samaritan. Um, right. I don't, I, was that streaming only? Yes. Okay, yeah. It's Amazon. Get, oh, it was Amazon production, too. So oh, it's not okay. just on Amazon. Is that what you're saying? It was an Amazon product. Oh, Studios? I don't know, but yeah, it, it is an Amazon Prime. Show, yeah, it's right? definitely on on Prime. Yeah, okay. for sure. I didn't know if it was ever released in theaters or if it was. I a don't. I don't think so. Direct streaming. Well, so. it could have been a COVID thing. Maybe it was originally Might planning to go in the theaters yeah, and then they changed their mind. I, I don't know the story. I mean, I'm, we will we'll learn all well, about this movie. very quickly. Yes. Yeah. So that's uh, that's where we're headed. And both of us will be fresh because you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. We're we're gonna see it now. All I know. Because um, I'm off Twitter now. I don't know. We haven't been plugging our Twitter because I I, I have fully off Twitter. And we should probably, I don't know if we should start at least uh, every once in a while, be like, hey, we're making episodes. I, I actually, I, I did. Because okay, I, I figured, because I wasn't getting, I have a you know a personal account as well as then the you know, kind of shared account. The shared account, I log in on something else. So I don't accidentally, not that I post on my personal one really that much. Most of the stuff now I get is like White Sox or NBA related for my gambling exploits. Uh, anyway, that's the proper use of Twitter. That's a yeah. Smart well, way to- I figured you weren't on because I, you know, every once in a while I would get you know notices of stuff that you would put. Not that you posted a ton, but when you did, yeah. And when it had been like six months or greater, I'm like, yeah, he's probably off. And also, then when I did log on to put something on that we were. Hey, you know, no, it's been a while, but we're back, back in the studio, trying to get back in a, in a regular, you know. Um, uh, Cadence, yeah, you know, I, I looked and I'm like, yeah, he, he hasn't even done anything even here on the arms race once. And I'm like, he, he probably is, you know, okay, unplugged I'm, from it. I'm glad that uh, you're updating the arms race uh, account. But anyway, my point being, um, one of uh, it, was, it was Neil Studd, who is one of the uh, folks that we would yeah. interact with on Twitter. He is also off Twitter, okay. and but I he 
so he happens to also uh, be a patron of another podcast. But oh. I'm not going to plug another podcast here, but he and I happen to to I don't be know, like in a comment section or something. Yeah, we just both are, are are patrons of this other podcast, and he he's I saw him just out of the blue just being like. Kevin, I don't know if you're going to see this, but this is, I'm not on Twitter anymore. So <laughs> this is a bottle. And he basically was just like, I need to tell you, I, you guys need to come back because I really need to hear what you think of Samaritan. <laughs> and I have no idea what that means or whether I, I imagine it means it's bad. But, um, anyway, Neil, we're doing it next episode. You got there your wish. Wow. wow. It, it's, it is an electronic message in a bottle. I hope this reaches you. In the complete. I, is, I could have very easily not seen it. I don't remember right. if I responded. I must have. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just out That's of amazing. on this other podcast. So anyway, wow. um, it truly is a small world, right? Yeah, no, it absolutely is. So, and, and you know, so that was, I, that's actually was like a bright note and like a uplifting way to end the show. That's, that's awesome. I mean, no, I, think, I think the intent of the message no, was very ominous. No, no, what, you're right. It is. But what I'm saying <laughs> is the fact that like this. The, the 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 connection that was there that right you both unplugged from Twitter from whatever reasons right but you you both the, the yeah. fact that that message reached you yeah. that you saw it that to me is like something uplifting and in a way actually kind of I don't know <laughs> makes like that's the beauty of I, this is going to be a digression whatever you can edit this out but no 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 we go for it no so I like I do enjoy that when technology can actually the beauty and the power of technology when there is something that is tr- like truly positive and like connecting that way, I, I am in awe and it's awesome. And so my, my digression is, you know, I, I don't do a ton of stuff on Facebook, but I, I, I have had to have it for, you know, for running for political office, whatever. So I've had to become a little bit more active recently. Because I also use it for actually um, when my daughter wants to sell stuff like her old Legos or whatever. That actually is what we use Facebook for the most marketplace. Sure. But so I've had to post more recently, and there was something that actually wasn't politically motivated. But uh, so I had suggested to the town that you used to live in because you used to live in the same town as me and where where um, you know my wife and kids live. I had ironically seen a. Facebook posting from a different park district in the Chicago area about six months ago, maybe it was less than six months ago, had posted a picture, hey, set up this great little free sled library. So if you know anything about little free libraries, right, you know, people build the boxes, put them out in front of their house, put some books in. Well, this park district, I'm like, wow, that's an awesome idea. So they basically, you know, built... Uh, you know, a place where if you don't want your sled anymore or, you know, you want to put in some new ones, basically people who can go to like a sledding hill in there in the Bartlett Park District could go and, you know, like use a sled that somebody left. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I could have, I swore, I, I thought I misheard you. Like a sled library. I was like, he, I, those two words don't mean anything together. That can't possibly. Yeah, now, now serious <laughs> film festival? But now I understand what you mean. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. You, so you donate your sled, it sits in yeah, a box. you leave it there, somebody can use it, and then when they're done, instead of like taking the book home, right, you're done using the sled, you put it back in for the next person. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I saw that, and so I'm like, wow, this is awesome, and it had a ton of you know, likes and forwards, including me, right? However, it got into my feed. And I tagged the Lyle Park District, which is the town that I live in. It used to be a park district commissioner. And I said, hey, this would be awesome, right? So, a couple, I don't know, probably a month or two goes by. I sent a note to the executive director. I said, hey, you know, now it's getting wintertime again. I said, if you guys, you know, are willing to do this, you know, because it's, you know, it's just a bunch of wood that's put together that you put the sleds in. And, you know, it's got like a sign, you know. Yeah, it doesn't have to be elaborate. Yeah, it doesn't have to be elaborate. They said, yeah, absolutely. I said, hey, you know, I'll pick up a few to get things started. You know, I know some people might steal them, bust them, whatever. So 
I, you know, I'll, I'll pick up a few. We'll get it started. See what happens. So, to the there's a long way of getting to like, it, it's amazing like how when it's something that's positive and not just awful, the amount. Uh, so they then they they asked me, and I somewhat reluctantly said, "Yeah, you can you know say that I was the one who donated the sleds." And there's a whole host of reasons because there are some people in my town who, if the park district spends any money on anything would be up in arms. So I said, yes, you can say I'm the one who paid for the sleds. It really wasn't that much money, but I don't want accusations. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't looking for the credit. I, but I, at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to see people accusing the park district of wasting $50 on three sleds. So I said, yes, you can credit me. Sure. So the, it was, I think, uh, the, the total views are like beyond my wildest imagination. It's like over 2 million, like people have seen it. It was like 24,000 likes. I don't know how many thousand like forwards the con. Wow. And and so like, it, it's a small thing and and it's not, I'm, it's just like, I loathe social media and I loathe what technology has done, but th- there are like moments like that. Cause it's most of the, you know, there of course were some, com- most of the comments were positive. There were a few, Oh, those will be broken, you know, and stolen. Yeah. But like the overall majority is like, Hey, it was the same thing I thought when I saw it the first time in my feed from a different park district that also had a ton of views. I'm like, no, that's an awesome idea. Yeah. I hope my community will do it. And so I know it was, feel free to edit this out, but like, I love the few moments that you can find, like Neil finding you and saying, please, I hope you guys are going to make more material so you can cover this awful movie that you are going to regret watching. I lo- <laughs> Somehow less uplifting than the, the, no, the, but the sleds. I, I, it, but I love the fact that, you know, there I are know still moments where it's like, man, this technology can be so powerful in such a positive way. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it feels like human nature is to take these tools and just find a way to destroy rather than build. But I know yeah, like, it's, it's the best of the internet is stuff like that. I yeah. mean, even a simple thing as, you know, Neil's been listening to us forever yeah. and he's one of the, like our, our OG listeners and you know, he's half a world away and to be just, able to yeah to connect. Both of us, yeah. did, you know, got off Twitter and somehow managed to still communicate. That, and to me, you know, it, not that I have a lot of <laughs> hope in a lot of ways. I just, there are moments like I, I enjoy those moments. It does bring a smile to my face that these, these tools can be used for good. Yeah. And you know, it's just whatever. So, well, and it makes it even more important to acknowledge when it is used for good and yeah. to, to celebrate it. So I'm, I'm fully on board. I anyway. Get it. So that was the show. Hopefully if you are on the, <laughs> you know, we, we, we needed that conversation to get us out of the, the tunnels, the, 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 yes. you know, the, the, the morass that was Rambo last blood. So, Without yeah. a doubt. Without you know, it's good to end on a good note. Yeah. And so if you are in the cesspool of social media, <laughs> please, uh, uh, you know, certainly tweet at us or like us on your podcast app of choice and write us a favorable review. We certainly uh, would appreciate it as we maybe try and rebuild our audience. You're going to have to, if anyone does uh, communicate with us on Twitter, you're going to have to let me know because I am <laughs> never going to see it now. But that's fair. Still, but, you know, it doesn't mean it's not a good thing to yeah, do. That's fair. Um, anyway, yeah. And if uh, you like the show, let people know about the show, friends and family, et cetera. Um, you know, we're rounding the shape. I think we're getting back into, yeah. you know, we're, we're getting our podcast legs beneath yes. us. Even when it's a, you know, I think, I think we did a great job. We are definitely getting our legs back because we managed to make, I think, a listenable episode out of some I, material. I, I thought tough. I thought for sure we'd like barely make an hour. So we've been going well over two. Yeah. So somehow we're still us. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> right. even, even this movie, we managed to go on. We, we managed to go on longer than the movie itself. Yeah. 
All right. All right. We'll be back with Samaritan. Five, two, one.